Welcome to the 337th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on May 21st, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's got a real grudge against the undead, Carlos Rodella. Let me at him. <laughs> indeed, yeah. indeed, sir. You will be at him, and we're going to be talking a lot about the undead today. We will be talking about on the podcast, I've already slayed a bunch of the undead uh, in many different ways and in many different games, so that is definitely a good way to start. That is a good way to start, and I think there's nothing better to do with the undead than to slay them. So I'm looking forward to discussing your techniques, your equipment, any strategies you have, any advice, because it doesn't hurt to be too prepared. Yeah, you don't want to keep them around and like have coffee and stuff, because at some point, they're just going to bite you. Yeah, it's funny, because in every zombie movie, there's always there's always one guy who's like, oh, it's my wife, oh, it's my daughter, oh, it's my father, and it's like a, a super far-gone zombie, right? But they're like, oh, maybe they'll... Yeah. Maybe they'll come back, or I can't stand to brain them. And it's like, man, that's that's a ticking clock every single time, right? I know. Why do they keep putting it in shows and movies? Because we, it's already been done. Like, we get it. And also, it's so unbelievable. Yeah. Although, maybe I should shut up. I, I think it still would be difficult for a family member, right? It if would you be had difficult. to, like, take down your wife. But at the same time, we've watched enough movies. We know we need to do it. It would be difficult. But, like, if a family member... I'm not going to say that I'm thinking of my mother-in-law. I'm not going to say. Okay. That. All right. Because I'm not. That would be rude. Uh, but if it was like somebody was like, if they were dead in the eyes, if they were if they were trying to bite your face off, if it was like you knew in your guts it was like a life or death, you'd have to do what you needed to do. Yeah, but it's always that stupid. And this happened in, um, I won't spoil it, but it just happened in one of the games I played where like exactly what you said there's a loved one or there's just somebody who, like a love interest yeah and they're like oh they're turning and they got the gun there and they're like okay do it because they're turning and you could see like yeah. the veins coming out and right. they still don't do it i know that's the part that that's is the worst dumb. that's the yeah. worst all right let's move on and also apologies to marianne my mother-in-law she's a sweet lady i was completely joking uh, I mean, I would kill her if she was a zombie, but, like, I don't oh, yeah. single her out. Yeah, I mean. Well, this is the point. We're not talking yeah, about yeah, individuals. Exactly. We're talking about will you do it? Yes. I just don't want zombies. anybody to think that I've got a grudge against my mother-in-law. She's a very sweet lady. She's great. We have a great relationship. So that was completely a joke. So I get it. Anyway. Okay. Moving on. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So I say let's just get right to the housekeeping and let's not waste any more time, Carlos. Uh, as everyone knows. Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape on my side. I've got a shitload of boxes this week. What do you got on your side, Carlos? Jeez, I do too. We're going to have to oh, get through man. this. We um, got a lot of housekeeping to do, right? So let's get to it. Carlos, why don't you kick us off? We'll kick it. Oh, kick open the boxes like you do in those kick video games. Open the boxes, yes. You know, like you do the melee button. I have then... wooden crates. I'm going to smash my crates today yeah. is what I'm going to be doing. Oh, man. I just did that a lot in Dead Island too, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, the first one I'll open up is a huge one. Is obviously the merger went through for Xbox. Oh, did it? Microsoft. I totally missed that, dude. I've been head down with non-video game stuff. This has been just behind the curtain real quickly. Uh, crazy week um, for my wife. And I do a lot of support work for my wife. And we have just been like literally every minute of every day has been working on non-game stuff. I'm out of the loop of, on games this week. I'm going to rely on you to fill me in. I had no idea the merger went through, dude. Well, I don't think it's okay. So let me back up. It's not fully through, I believe, but enough stuff happened where that EU uh, or the UK that tried to block it, they reversed their decision 
because they? Okay. yeah, they made enough like uh, concessions or something, or like, hey, we're gonna like still do deals with a bunch of people with cloud gaming. Don't worry. And so when cloud gaming, which is already kind of like a non-issue, I think, uh, at least for now, was not the focus, then I think the UK was like, okay, cool. Um, and so then now it's just uh, the rest of the different processes happening and other people saying yes to it. So most of the things I look at say it's going to happen. You know what it was? It was Redfall. They tanked so hard in Redfall that Microsoft did that sad puppy face. And they're like, oh, oh right. UK, we're struggling so hard, bro. English bros, we need we need this merger to go through. And then what's his name? That guy got up there and he's like, oh, man. You know, like he gave that little sob story when he did the interview on um, Ain't It Funny or whatever. Kind of funny. What's that guy's name? Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer, right? Yeah. It was it was like it's a ploy. We even talked about it. It was it was a it was a game. He's he has played everybody in the UK. Yeah. I don't know if that was what happened and that's what <laughs> sealed the deal, but um I think in general it's yeah, it's just moving forward. But again, I now that I'm looking at the notes, I shouldn't have led with that because I I guess it hasn't fully happened yet either. So oh, okay. but it moved forward or it seems more possible because it looked like yes. it was done 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 over but now there's like a light there's a there's a there's a, a light for a light them. at the end yeah. of the tunnel possibly yeah i i again it's so weird because i don't care about most of the games they would get from this i know it would help them with like uh money runway is there like a list well you know call of duty obviously and me i'm not a war guy war game kind no, of guy. i don't play call of duty Fuck um I, I just said war guy which is actually also <laughs> true i'm not a war guy <laughs> not um, a war guy and then, uh, you know, the King games, so all the mobile games, which I don't play. Nah. Um, and then what's the other big one? A oh, World of Warcraft and um, nah. obviously Diablo, which I do like. Okay, so Diablo. So Diablo. But then um, also housekeeping, uh, people are talking about Diablo's, you know, uh, difficulty spike and the level scaling being an issue still. So anywho, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, it, it might happen. I don't really care, like even if it happens now at this point. I'm not super bothered. I don't really, you know, whatever. I mean, to be perfectly frank, there's so many other big things going on in the world right now that any merger in the world of gaming is like so low on my list. I just like, yeah. whatever, man. I just I can't be bothered right now. It's just companies eating up other companies. It's all going to turn into idiocracy and or demolition, man, where like everything's Taco Bell or everything's yes. Pepsi. So, yes. Uh, and, and in other news about kind of around Microsoft. Oh, sorry. wait, 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 wait. I got to oh, say, sorry, yeah. sorry, tangent. You said you mentioned idiocracy, right? Yes. I so, love that movie. um, I actually I haven't seen it. I've seen clips of it, and I know what, what the it's about. Frick? It was unavailable for a long time. I don't know if you remember, but like it was it was taken off services for a couple of years. And it came back, and then I forgot about it. Anyway, that's not what I was going to say. I I saw this really funny um, anecdote from the people who made Idiocracy, and so they were saying the they had a small budget for costumes, and so they needed to get some kind of like it looks like the future, but it also looks fucking stupid because that's what the movie is, right? And so they had the costume designer. They had like, okay, we don't have a million bucks. You need to get a bunch of costumes. We need to find shoes for these people. So like what kind of shoes would people in the future wear that look futuristic but also look fucking stupid? And so the costume designer was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get in touch with the indie shoemaker scene, which I guess is a scene. I'm not tapped into that scene, but apparently it's a scene. So that they, they look around, they find something, and the costume designer is like, oh, my God, I found the perfect things. These things are fucking stupid, but they look like the future. This is amazing. We're going to use these. And the director, Mike Judge, was like, well, wait a minute. This is, a, this is like a real shoe. What happens if the shoe gets popular? It's going to make our movie look weird. And then the costume designer is like, are you kidding me? They're like, look at these fucking things. These are so stupid. No one's oh, ever going to buy these things. These are. Yep. And you know what it was? Yep. It was Crocs. Yep. 
<laughs> and they became super popular. They're super. I'm literally wearing them right now, dude. I'm wearing Crocs, and I think it's so funny that the costume designer was like, "These things are so fucking dog ugly that no one in the right mind would wear them. It's not going to matter if we put them in our movie." And yet, strange yep. turn of events. Well, have you seen uh, recently? Uh, Kanye showed up. I don't like talking. Oh, about dude, him. fuck everything about. I know, that. I know, but like, yeah, like these, yeah, these shoe boot things are on or whatever that were like. <sighs> That seemed like out of idiocracy, like a movie. You wouldn't wear them. Did you see the life. costume he got for his wife? The clo- the quote-unquote clothes he made for his new female clothing line? No, I didn't. Oh, my God, dude. Okay, so I'm not going to go into it. Hey, let's Connie's, not. No, no, I have to. Yeah, let's not. Taste is awful. Let me just leave you with this. Okay. Imagine if you got a roll of duct tape, yep. and then you put it on a lady to make her decent for outside. That's what those clothes look like. Perfect. All right. Yes. And we'll never talk about him again. Never again. Uh, moving on to, yeah, I was going to mention Microsoft uh, stuff. Starfield is, you know, in Twitter, things trend. Bloodborne's trending. I still think they're going to potentially show still that. Still trending. Still trending, yeah. Uh, and Starfield is trending. I just wanted to say this. I don't, I don't, it's a kind of a double-edged sword okay. saying. But I think what came out, I, I did a little bit of research. Uh, there's some quotes. People, like, looked at the game. I think the quote was something like, when they looked at Starfield, when Microsoft acquired Bethesda and stuff like that, um, or when they've been looking at it, they were like, oh, I don't think it's going to be ready for like a June or July release. And so obviously it's not coming out then. It's coming out, what, October, I believe? Like this year, you mean? Yeah, this Talking year. Talking about this year, okay. But like when they looked at it, they said it was like really behind. Mm-hmm. And so if it was really behind for summer and it just got pushed to fall, I think, and it's unfortunate, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to release behind. I think it's going to release with a lot of, obviously, bugs and things that they normally have. Sure, they always do. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's going to be not the hit that, that everybody wants, which mm-hmm. it's just my gut feeling after mm-hmm. hearing that. I'm still, and the double-edged part of it is I'm still going to play the shit out of it because I love Bethesda and I love a sci-fi RPG. Are you kidding me? First person? Yeah. Done. Yeah. But I do, I do think that it's going to be a disappointment from just the vibe I'm getting from like what they looked at it last time. Yeah. So let me okay. So let me run this by. You. So what do you th- what do you think in Christmas or not even? No, it's already year? got a release date. It's October, I believe. Okay. Okay. It's so more about confirmed. like because it's been pushed and because people were saying that even if it came out in summertime, it'd be way behind. Sure. That means that like there's so many missing pieces. I bet that. Uh, and then remember they're doing the random generation for planets. And yeah. Stuff too. I mean that's par for the course for fucking um for those guys anyway. Um. Okay. So. The only I, I don't know. I don't really have a strong feeling either way. Will I play it? Absolutely, yes. Will I like yeah. it? I have no idea. But the only thing I can say to this is, what the fuck is that goddamn game that everybody loves? The the dragons and you're in the, you know, Fusro Da and all that. What is that game called? Skyrim? Skyrim. Yes. I think Skyrim sucks, dude. I think it's a shit game. Wow. I played it and I finished it and I did, I, you know, I put tons of time into it. I think that game's garbage. But people love the fun. That game has been sold 58 million times, dude. Yep. Like, it's been everybody who owns Skyrim owns it like nine times. It, it's consistently like in the top 10 of Steam or whatever. So, despite ev- all the issues that I have with Skyrim, people fucking love it. And I have to imagine that even if you look at like, you know, like this Starfall or Starfield, Starfield, Starfield yeah. People would be like, ah, this is ass. And like, these rating quests are garbage and like all these bugs. Okay, you could say the exact same thing about Skyrim. And, you know, for the record, I don't like Skyrim. But that didn't stop it from being like a runaway freight train success. I mean, I wonder if they're going to pull another one of those jobbies. Maybe it'll suck at the beginning. Probably will. But, you know, patch after patch and feature and stuff. I mean, I don't know, dude. Uh, they've done it before. It wouldn't surprise me if they did it again. Two things to that. One, 
couldn't disagree more on Skyrim, but that's fine. Um, yeah, I love that game to death, and it was like one of my pinnacle moments of gaming just because of the first-person RPG that you can sure. do lots of things in. Well, well, let me say this, though. You may love it, but like the bugs were out of control when that thing launched. It was like there was like a whole cottage industry about the bugs. None of the writing is really good. I mean, I get the first person for RPG stuff, but like a lot of the stuff that's a, an issue with Skyrim, I could easily see being the same issue here, just like in a sci-fi yes. setting, you know? Okay, so I'm going to agree with that. And obviously Fallout 3, I love to death mm-hmm. as well. Totally mm-hmm. buggy and lots of crazy things yeah. in that game, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Both those games just fit a vibe that I am. Like mm-hmm. that's my personality, like that style and the kind of like weird shit that can happen. My uh, Even the reason I brought it up, which is kind of to your point, is even though it's going to release, I think, uh, bad and janky and people will play it, the problem is because of Redfall and because of the kind of state that they're in for yeah. Xbox, yeah. it's going to hurt them a lot because, again, I'm just predicting. But if I'm right and it releases janky and it is one of those games that you know will still play and be like, oh, it's fucking weird, but I love it, um, I think that's going to be really bad for them because so much is riding on that and even if it really isn't, that's what's out there in the ether. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I mean, I, ordinarily, if this was any other game, if this was any other developer, I would be 100% with you. But, like, they keep... Bethesda keeps doing this. They keep doing the... It runs like shit. It's buggy. There's problems. And yet, every single fucking time they release one of these, people just, like, go gaga over them, dude. Like, I mean, I'm granted not the biggest Bethesda fan of, like, all their Elder Scrolls stuff and whatever... But, like, and in fact, I don't even really like what they've done with Fallout lately. But, you know, like, people love it. They can eat it up. And it's, like, those games, despite all the problems, seem to, like, inevitably be embraced by the gaming public. It may not, may not be the day it launches. There's always the whole, oh, I crashed my system and the bugs and I lost my save. That happens, like, with literally every Bethesda release every single time. And yet, they are still, like, this giant mega juggernaut developer who has win after win after win. So, I- it's, like... I, I find it hard to argue with that, but if it was any other developer, if it was Capcom, if it was like EA, if it was anybody, be like, yeah, man, you're 100% right, dude, absolutely. But like, look at the track record, though, dude. I totally agree, but the problem is, is the placement of this release and because they were bought by Microsoft. So like Xbox owning them being the first party title, again, it just goes down to like where you're at on the stats right now. Yeah. And yeah. they have no first party titles, and then the only one they release is bad. And, you know, this if this is, like, okay or buggy and still fun, it's not good enough. Like, they don't have that, you know, I don't want to say God of, War, God of War Ragnarok again. I don't even, I think those games are okay. But people and, like, the perception, you know, that's like a AAA game and polished and is really fun and got a lot of narrative, whatever. They just don't have that. So I think that that's the, it's just bad timing. Because, I mean, and, I- and Bethesda released it by themselves, by the way. No one would say anything and not blink an eye, to your point. You know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's Bethesda. Sure. It's it's wonky and it's funny. But because it's representing, you know, their – and this is, again, the last thing I'll say about it. It's representing not just, like, good games, but, like, the management. Like, Microsoft goes in and sees the game unfinished or, like, you know, really behind. They got to make decisions and they got to help. If they're going to buy a company – and that's my biggest problem with them right now, with Xbox in general – if they're going to buy companies, they need to help and do something, an additive thing, because you, you know, you're, you're managing them. They're, they are not great at that. But they're not good at that at all. And so then if you keep buying up companies and then including Microsoft or Activision Blizzard, like, do we have faith that that's going to be work out well? 
It's just it's I mean, weird. I think you've got a lot of really valid points, dude. And like I said, if it was anybody else, but I just feel like people know what Bethesda is. And the industry, the the players, like everybody knows Bethesda's jam, and they keep doing it over and over and over and over. And I just like whatever it is about their games that makes people love them, despite the shit launch for like every every game they've launched in the last fifteen years, garbage launch. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, dude. I feel like they might do it again, but I think you've got a lot of points, though. It's interesting. Again, I'm gonna play the shit out of it. I don't even care. Like it's. I mean, personally, I mean, I'm gonna way. play it. You know, if they if they do even like a third of what Skyrim did, that's monster success, dude. So yeah, and know. and it's sci-fi. I'm like hungry yeah, for that. For so. sure. For sure. Okay, uh, let's open some of your boxes, then I'll have a few more. Okay. Um, shout out to Mommy's Best Games and good friend Nathan Fouts, the uh, the head, the mastermind behind Mommy's Best Games, the publisher. They've just come out with a new game called Bumpy Grumpy, which is really funny. It makes me laugh every time I say that uh, because you can probably apply those two words to a lot of things that are not video games. Um, but can it's a, you, though? Oh, I definitely think you can, dude. Okay. For sure. But you can uh, this no 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 <laughs> you got me on the wrong track now I was gonna make a joke well I'm not gonna make that joke I want you to make that joke I'm not gonna make a joke so it's by the way by arcade, the way for the what? podcast yes there's so many times we say we're gonna go there and then we don't yes. we should just go there I don't know we'll see. okay we'll see later we're in the episode banned in like 12 countries they can't be banned anymore oh countries. that's true that's true uh, so it is a new arcade throwback homage um, so if you are old enough to remember arcades arcade machines back in the day specifically the early 80s there were a lot of games that were kind of like quarter munchers and just real simple interactions this is like a really simple 2d driving game super classic arcade feel super classic arcade graphics he's even done some of the art where it looks like the kind of like shitty arcade side of the cabinet art you would see where they paid like some rando person who could barely draw to do the art for the side of the cabinet it's 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 all on point if you like that vibe if you like that feel um, he's definitely got it nailed, and I, it seems like um, retro arcade stuff is kind of having a little bit of a moment right now, so I think his timing is really good. So, heads up, Bumpy Grumpy exists. It's on Steam. You can wishlist it. If you're old enough to remember the days of the arcade and you kind of want to revisit that a little bit, I think he's dead on target there. Cool. Um, next up, shout out to LCB Game Studio, makers of Mothman 66 and Varney Lake, two visual novels which we talked about here on the show, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Both of these are amazing. Um, they're coming out with a third one, and I I couldn't be happier. I want these guys or girls or whoever, uh, whatever their gender may be, doesn't matter. I want them to make one of these games like literally every three or six months, preferably three. I'll take six. <laughs> nice. I just I will buy every single one because I think they're great. I just love the vibe, the kind of like quasi X Files, a little bit of cryptid you know monster vibe but also some light choices and you just play them you play them for like two hours you're done you've had a great experience you move on their next one is called bonson knights it's b-a-h-n-s-e-n bonson knights and knights with a k like uh like medieval knights um they posted a couple pictures i couldn't be more excited i hope it goes in line with the universe they're creating um i just love everything that these people do and i'm really looking forward to it. it's a heads up i don't know if it's available for wishlisting yet um, but it should be pretty soon. Anyway, Mothman 66, Varney Lake, and now Bonson Knights. I'm super stoked that these folks seem to be finding success. I think they're doing something uh, really great. Yeah, seeing an uh, indie game studio uh, do well is awesome. And you like those games. But that reminds me of a tangent. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea of like that you like that style and want more games in that world or whatever yeah, they're creating. Yeah, for sure. It makes me think of like, I think it would be viably like um, 
financially beneficial to do like Outer Worlds, which is one of my favorite games. All, yeah, all the time, and then the episode, just like release episodes. Totally, dude. Agreed, one hundred percent. Because I want to go back on that world. You know, I don't want like the bullshit. What is it called? The remastered version, right? With right, graphic right. updates. I just want like more story stuff to walk around and beat things up, and you know, get stuff. So, see, I like you bring up world. an excellent point, dude, and I think you're a genius for saying that because I think more games should do that. Um, because we kind of did that a little bit. Was it? fallout 3 that did that where it was like they had the main game and they put in like four or five dlcs and each one was like a micro story right was it fallout yeah 3? i think it was three and there's that that one in the island and stuff like that yeah one was like in a fog. swamp yeah. where there was like a like a yeah it was like like once you've done the heavy lift of like creating a world creating an engine creating characters especially rpg where you can like keep leveling up and getting more skills and stuff why not build on that, dude? Like, yeah. I, t I would totally be down. Like, you know, Outer Worlds, every once a year, every six months, every nine months, put out a new episode. You hit a new planet. There's a new mystery. There's a new challenge. Like, whatever. And you can change it up. Sometimes it's, I don't know, Arena World where you're fighting a bunch of monsters. Sometimes it's a mystery or sometimes it's a romance. Who knows? Like, I, I'm surprised we don't see more of this. It seems like everybody makes a game these days and they just, like, move on. But, like, a lot of these, well, you know, like you said, Outer Worlds or anything, uh, a lot of stuff that I play, I would like, I would love to come back to it and just, I don't need an all new engine, all new graphics. I just want more content that I like. And I'm yeah. surprised we don't see more of that. And if you like, like the characters a lot and you just yeah. like those worlds. Now, obviously, like people are going to say like, well, there's the games like I just finished, uh, Dead Island and stuff like that, where you go, oh, you can keep playing. You know, it's a first yeah. person action yeah. game. But a lot of those, A, will do the thing like set you back in time, which is bullshit. Yeah. Or B, they just will be like very, very light missions that you don't even want to do. It just, they're not, they don't feel like full stories. Yeah. So I think what we're talking about, yeah, it's more of a bigger one. But yeah, anyway. I wish I, I, mean, I agree, dude. You were absolutely onto something gold there. And I wish if there's any developers listening, and I know that some are, just think about that in mind. Like if your game does pretty well, I think most people are cool to just hang out in those worlds for a while, like another yes. mission, another continue with the characters, dude. Absolutely. 100%. Totally. Uh, oh, wait. Do you have some more things? I have uh, three more things, two small and a big one. Um, let me just give you one more shout, and then I'll, I'll turn it back okay. over to you, and then I'll wrap mine up. Um, just heads up, Mortal Kombat 1 just announced. Did you see the trailer? Did you see the announcements? I didn't see the trailer. I saw the announcements. I don't give two shits about Mortal Kombat, but um, okay. Re remastering the first game? No, no, no. It is a brand new reboot for the whole series, um, okay. and I believe they're going to keep going with the narrative. I... Uh, I know some of the people on the writing team. Uh, I'm not going to name them here, but they're good folks, good friends, and I think they do a wonderful job. And in fact, I think they are largely responsible for the resurgence of Mortal Kombat, starting with Mortal Kombat 9. It was the narrative in that game, I believe, that really turned that series around like in a big way. Mm. So um, I think their work is great. They have kept going uh, with the story, and I think that with the most recent Mortal Kombat we got, I think they took it as far as they could go. There wasn't really anywhere else to go. Like when you're in space battling a time lord who has the power to rewrite history there's nowhere else to go after that like yeah. it's just that's done so they were smart they're going to reboot the entire series uh i i have some insider information i can't give any specifics but the basic <laughs> the basic thing i'm hearing is some fans are going to be fucking pissed because they're changing a lot of stuff and you know as well as i do some people don't like anything to ever change that's that's wrong you got to keep freshening things you got to keep changing things you got to keep moving forward if you like the old games, those are still there. Those did not get deleted. But this is going to be a brand new, everything new, everything fresh. I'm very excited. Uh, I love the MK narrative team. I love, uh, in fact, I like World Combat. I don't like the fatalities. I don't like the blood. 
I could do without that, but I like the gameplay is really fun. I like the characters, I like the story. So I think this is great. I'm excited for a brand new start. Uh, cool. Yeah, I just uh, if I if it's a fight, <laughs> you it's sound a, like like negative interested. <laughs> I am. If it's and by the way, there's nothing against anybody who makes any game that is a fighting game. But if you make a fighting game, I'm not playing it for the rest of my life. Like it's just that's it. Like I'm done. Uh, I do, I find zero interest in it and fun and I get mad and no. Well, I last time I played a fighting game I enjoyed was college, Street Fighter Two on my SNES. Mm-hmm. It was like everybody was together and we were couch co-op and it was like yeah. the yeah. thing to do. And also that's not remember fighting games got faster and faster. Oh yeah, like Street yeah. Fighter Two even with some slowdown, which I kind of liked. Um, it was like doable. I don't know for me, my mind was like, okay, I get this. Chun Li do the move, blah, blah blah, guile, kick, whatever. But yeah, I just haven't enjoyed it uh, forever, and I will never play them again. So, uh, yeah. but good, good on them. I like reboots; that's fun. Yeah, you know, I and I will, I will say that um, I'm not deep into the fighting game scene like you. I think a lot of them are moving too fast for me. I know Street Fighter Six is coming out soon. There was a beta. I skipped the beta. I didn't play it. I, may, I mean, am I gonna play Street Fighter Six? I don't know. I might play it for a minute, but. I, what, the thing I like about Mortal Kombat and the re, what I like about what they went was because I'm not online. I'm not a competitive player. I don't practice enough. I don't want to hang with the people who have like the unbeatable combos. But what makes Mortal Kombat good for me is they recently have been really pouring a lot of effort into the single player campaign. So if like me, you enjoy the mechanics of a fighter, but you're not good enough or don't want to get good enough and you just want to you know beat up some fools and have some cool story. Every one of these games since MK9 has had a really good story mode where it's like pretty lengthy. You you change through characters, you see different perspectives, you see like cool cutscenes. They've been killing it. So like from a single player perspective of me who has no intentions of ever going online, MK since number nine has been exactly the right thing for me. So well, there you go. Oh, yeah, I don't like the mechanics. That's why I don't even like sure, playing. Sure. Uh, but remember uh, Simpsons wrestling? That was fun. <laughs> it was wrestling. janky as hell, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, in game news, because you're talking about new games and stuff, Little Kitty Big City. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I just, because I like any game where I'm a cat. And I you do. And I just loved Stray so much. And it actually looks like pretty good. Like, um, I was kind of impressed by the trailer. So I'm kind of interested in that. Also, Mouse is all over the internet and trending, which Mouse? is essentially a first-person shooter where you play and you're shooting like uh, 1920s cartoons. You know, hmm. like like old school Mickey Mouse kind of things, like the rubber hose animation thing. Yeah, like well, Cuphead. You know, think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like three D first person shooter, and then people talking about going like, "Wow, I can't believe this hasn't happened yet." You know, this is this is this is not based on the World War Two graphic novel that had mice in it, is it? No, is no, totally no. That's M A U S. Right, different yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah, it's just like an indie developer working on this game, and they're not even finished, but they just showed off a trailer okay. Okay. Uh, of them working on it, and people are all excited. So it looks really cool. I would love a 1920s first-person shooter cartoons. Right. Uh, also, for you, Darkest Dungeon Two is rumored to be coming out, or at least yeah, released. It did. It did come out. It did oh, it did out. already. Okay, yeah. I saw it. I'm really excited, but there's no console, so it's like. I love Darkest Dungeon, the first one. I mean, I I loved it so much. I beat it all the way, beat all the extra bosses, uh, did everything you can do. And then after I did everything you could do, I played that game and I made a million dollars just because, just because I wanted to keep playing it. I Mm. never do that. I never do that. So uh, loved it. Uh, And I'm looking forward to this, but I need, I can't play it on PC, dude. I can't. It's only on PC right now. I'm not, I'm not going to play it on PC because I will probably pour 100, 200 hours into it easily 
and I need it to be at least on like Xbox or PlayStation, hopefully Switch, but I don't know that Switch is going to cut it because it was already a little bit too small on the Switch before. And I think that with all the, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like probably Xbox or PlayStation maybe, but not PC. So as soon as it comes to console, I'm all about it. Perfect segue like we always do, never plan it. But the PlayStation Showcase, there's a leak that came out. And oh, really? I have it in okay. front of me. And it might be right and it might be wrong, but lots of times these are right nowadays. All um, right. What do we and got? And one of the things I'll mention is that exact thing, Darkest Dungeon 2 for PS5. Oh, yes. I saw you share that leak, which was very exciting. There's a couple of really juicy tidbits on there. Darkest Dungeon 2, I mean, I'm 1,000% in. But what was the thing that you thought I was going to get real excited about? Well, yeah, I- I'll get to that. But also, I mean, you you were just asking for that. So I feel like... Oh, yeah, dude, for if sure. If they announce it, that's, that's how I'm you're going to play that I'm game. In. Absolutely. Uh, yes, Helldivers 2. Helldivers 2. I hope it's real, dude. I hope it's real. Man, Arrowhead Studios, they released Helldivers, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Yep. I think it's one of the best multiplayer games of all time. Fucking genius game. And... They they disappeared. <laughs> they just like released it, success, and then vanish. And like I've been sending them messages. I've been watching PR. I've been checking out their website and stuff. And just like crickets. I yeah. wonder if they've just been on total lock. I mean, but that's like what six, seven, eight years at least since the last one. I don't even know how long it's been. It's been a while. I uh, I'm well past ready for a sequel, dude. I hope it's real. I hope it's real. I don't know what it is, but it seems like it is. A lot of these seem very very p- potential. Which when they when they're that close, I feel like they're all real. So here we go. I hope so. A few more. Um, Hades two, isn't that already oh, yeah. out? No, but I've, we've definitely seen footage and stuff. That's okay. a real game. Yeah. And I feel like PS five that would make a lot of sense. Makes a lot of um, sense. Yes. Uh, good goodbye Volcano High. Didn't you like that a lot? Or, I like the look of that. I haven't played it, but I did. It, yeah. yeah, I was interested. Yes. Uh, Ghost of a Tale two. I th- people like that game. I didn't really care for it. Um, Kill Zone the reboot. Uh, that's been going around. That makes really? a lot of sense. Yeah, because okay. I kind of enjoyed it. It's like, what was it, a launch title for PS4? I think so. It was they an had, old, yeah. old game. But There's a bunch of those. Like, it went, for, it ran for a while. Yeah. Um, Ghost of Kamakura by Sucker Punch. I don't know I don't what know that, what that is. is. Uh, Spider-Man 2, that's obviously sure. going to happen. Of course. Um, Dark Side, which a game that was supposedly canceled, I think, by Santa Monica Studio. So that's a question mark. I don't know if I believe okay. that one. Um, and then Death Stranding 2. I'm uh, very excited, yes. I think Death that's all real. These all seem totally real. I mean, and, that seems very real. And yes. by the way, almost all these things I'm saying right now are exclusives. Oh, sure. So I'm not surprised. I'm not yeah. trying to say the Microsoft thing, but I am. Uh, Half-Life Alex, I think that's real because I've always wanted to play that, but I didn't have the the good enough the uh, proper Oculus. VR thing yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would, you know, it still had to get PSVR 2 at some point. But I would say that is more affordable, and that game is supposed to be amazing. That's um, what people say. I've heard good things. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I don't know what that is, but just another episode. That makes sense, probably. Uh, the Silent Hill 2, they're going to have to show that, because I think they already gave us that sneak peek. Was it Bloober Team that's working on yeah, that? Yeah, Bloober Team. Uh, I don't know about that, man. Well, I, I don't think know about it's... them Bloober folks. Oh, you don't know if you, you like the I remake? I've played a couple of their games, and I... I can't say that I really get along with them that well. Just their style. I mean, I know they got fans, but for me, it's never been a match. Well, would this be a match? Snake Eater? I mean, I don't know. People no are really saying that's really going to happen. It's it's um, 
it's you know it's a remake that people wanted for a while sure metal um, gear solid three isn't it it's a metal gear snake eater i forget which number it was i think but, it's three and then people are rumoring they're like obviously kojima can't be involved anymore but like they'll probably keep his name on stuff because he worked on that game. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Resident Evil 4 VR, and then Twisted Metal, and yeah. Last of Us Factions, which I don't care about, but... No. Um, and a couple others, but that's still a fucking ton of really Did you cool see there's games. a Twisted Metal TV show coming? Oh, yeah, they're going to show Fallout TV show and Twisted Metal TV show, I think. As yeah, well. there was a trailer already for Twisted Metal. It stars um, the guy that was the Falcon. What is his name? I like that guy. Uh, I don't remember. I forget, but he's a good actor, and I like him, and I'm sorry I can't remember his name, but he's supposed to be the main guy in Twisted Metal, and it looked really funny. Like, cool. like intentionally funny, which I think is the only possible way you can make that work. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's a bunch of the leaks, and I believe most of them, which is crazy. Um, so it's going to be fun. I Those think. seem pretty real, dude. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. exciting it's going to be in a few days after this re- release of this podcast, so check excellent, it out. Excellent. All right. I'm sure we will talk about that next show. Any other boxes? I got two Last more boxes. teeny box okay. for Go me ahead. is just that, um, well, there's two boxes, I guess. I'll do one, you do one. One is that I am excited for Warhammer Bolt Gun. Oh, yeah, Bolt Gun, yes. It's yes. a first-person, uh, old-school retro shooter like Yeah, like Doom, Doom style. Yeah, 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 yeah. But with some modern conveniences, which we always like to see. Got to have them. Um, and you can, like, scale the graphics, like, super old-school or super new, more new-school. You mean, pic- like, like more like pixely or less pixely? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's more saving, and it's not, like, a roguelike. It's, like, a straight-up game where you just, like, you know, blast a bunch of stuff, feel empowered, which just is straight all up about... Just straight-up Doom Shooter, but straight with up Warhammer yeah. 40K. Yeah. Uh, and I'll get back to that later in this episode, because I played one that is, like, a roguelike, and it's, it's frustrating when you have to, like, do a level again. But this looked just so fun. Anyways, I bought it immediately, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to play this tonight. Oh, is it out already? It isn't. Oh. I, I got fooled because sometimes you see a button that says buy now, and I oh, just- Oh, did you, did you pre-order it, it accidentally? I pre-ordered it, yeah. Gotcha. So I'll get it, you know, day one or uh, 9 p.m. or whatever it is, but- uh, it comes out in a couple of days at the release of this recording. Right. Well, I'm not a big fan of first person, but I do love 40K, so maybe I'll check it out. It just looks like they did everything right and really smart about uh, the progression system and stuff like that. So very excited Excellent. for that. Excellent. Uh, for you, another box? Uh, yeah. Are you done or you got one more thing? Well, I was just going to say that I beat Survivor. Okay. Let's hang on to that for one hang second. Hang on to that, then. yeah. Uh, okay. So, okay. These are all going to be big boxes. Okay. First... Uh, I wanted to circle back. You told me last week to ask you this week about Apex. So what happened with Apex? You said you were thinking about going back to it. Oh. You were going to get in. How'd it go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were right. Was I right? <laughs> we, so just to remind people last week, we were talking about going back to games. I don't know. I don't even know how we got on the topic, but uh, you said you were like, oh, I'm going to go back to Apex. And I'm like, dude. It's kind of crazy jumping into that unless that's going to be your job because the skill ceiling's so high and people are so good. Uh, to me, that's really intimidating. And you were like, I'm going for it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So you did. And what happened? Well, I went through that practice area I talked about. Yeah, last the episode, practice area. Sure. And it is very, very good. I mean, it's incredible. They have like yeah. fake enemies that pop up. So you can like really like in quotes, get good, blah, blah, sure, blah, bullshit. Sure. Uh, for your own personal sake. And so I finished it all. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really, really think I like this and I like a lot of the guns I found the guns that I liked mm-hmm. and I felt pretty good at it I didn't yeah. like some of the uh, special like I don't really like most of the special moves or abilities uh-huh. I can't believe so many people do but but then I just looked at the uh, the game itself and it's uh, trios only 
it's you can't play it single player. Oh, they don't have the solo anymore. No, it's just trios. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. I'm done. Bye. You're out, you were out at trios. Yeah, I didn't even go in. <laughs> I closed the door on my way out. I was oh. like, yeah, I don't want to because they do a really good pinging system. I'll say that. Yeah. So you don't have to talk to people, but I just I get anxious in life in general when I'm in a multiplayer situation. Very few games, Scavengers being one of them, which got you know decommissioned. Uh, I will forever be sad about Scavengers. So will I. That was one of the ones where I liked being with other people, but most times I don't. I don't really want to be with other humans and have them rely on me and and me to fail and them to revive me. It's just anxiety inducing for yeah, some of us. Yeah. So it, I saw trios and I go, okay, bye, bye. That's a shame because you know I I'm ninety nine percent sure that for a while they were letting you do solo as kind of like a testing mode, like they were kind of seeing how it was going to go. Mm. But I haven't been back to it, so apparently it didn't go well if it's not there anymore. But yeah, trios has always been the base, the base experience of that thing. Yeah, and again, I think I'd be good at it. I, I felt really comfortable in the skills. I was like headshotting things and. It wasn't like I was bad at it, and I feel like I might even be okay at it. But my 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 insides, my head doesn't like it. Anybody listening, by the way, please comment me O N A W A on Twitter. Tell me that you feel the same way because I just get freaked out. I was like, I don't want to do it. Yeah, so, I but there was the other game I went back to, which Dead Island, and we'll talk about that later in the episode. All right, I did right. go back to that. All right, all right. Well, okay. I'm glad you reported. I just want to say one slightly tangential thing that has always bugged me about um, Apex uh, Apex Legends. Oh yeah. It it bugs me so hard. I played it for a little bit. My son is actually uh, way better than I am and I played uh, with him for a while so it would be like me and him and then like a rando would join us for like trios or something but I was always the worst person on the team every single time. (laughs) Nice. So he's like dad you know do you want to go back to like (laughs) Dark Souls or something because you can't hang here and I'm like yes you're right. Um, But the thing that always bugs me this this is a small thing I'm sure no one is bothered by this except for me. But when you get in the game and you drop out of your dropship and you're going towards the land, like you go, you start off in a, in a, a formation of three. The thing that has always bugged the shit out of me is when those three people are dropping, they all move and animate exactly the same way as if they are all just mirror images of each other, which mm. doesn't make any sense because I would want to see from an animation perspective the wind hitting them a little bit differently. Like, stay in formation. One person in the front, two, one person on each side. But, like, their clothes ruffle a little bit differently. Their their shoulders move a little bit differently. To, like, they're being buffeted by the winds a little bit. Like, they look like a fake, cheap placeholder animation. And it f- oh, bugs the shit out of me so bad. That is a very specific oh, thing. Oh, my God. It bothers me so much. The first time I saw that, I was like, oh, God, that's ugly. What's going on here? Like, I can't believe they haven't fixed that. It must be a joke to them by now. Like, it must be so bad it's our trademark now. Because that... I've never been able to get past it. Anyway. Well, but Fortnite does have the, basically the same thing. The only difference is you have those special, like, parachutes you can, like, oh, have sure. different and, But styles. also, you're, you're just by yourself, though. You know, like, you don't... Even when you drop with a team in Fortnite, you're not locked into, like, mirror animation oh, formation I going saying, down. Oh, I like, by each other. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can do whatever. It doesn't matter. If it was just one person, it wouldn't bother me. But because there's three people, you can see there's no variation in the animation. That's no matter... Funny. Oh, it's bugs the wrecks my brain dude i hate it I hate all right it. well i didn't find that out because i closed the door and i left well you but dodged a bullet because it would bother you forever if you saw that i've seen it because in the shows that we do for work i've, I've watched it Ugh, happen terrible. i was like oh yeah that is funny looking the next time you look at it you're gonna be like that's gonna be terrible i understand why brad hates it yeah okay um one more thing before we move on so i'm not going to talk about th- i was debating talking about this in the main content of the show but i think i'm just going to mention it real quickly here and, and feel free to jump in if you want to uh, Forspoken, you loved this game. We talked about it a couple times way back. Uh, I ended up picking it up, but I didn't have time for it. Didn't get around to it until just 
this week. Uh, my schedule opened up a little bit, and I'm like, okay, I've got some some room to breathe this week. Maybe I should start something. And I started Forspoken. So this is the Square Enix RPG. I forget what is the developer, the actual developer under Square Enix. It's like a newer... They got bought by um, Square Enix or Sony or something, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so this is the story about... Um, the girl who's from New York, she gets sucked into another dimension. She gets there. She's got a magic bracelet. She can do magic. She's in this open world. Um, some, some, some. This is one that got a lot of shit for like the dialogue. People were just like piling on and piling on and piling on about the dialogue, how bad it was. But they weren't really talking all that much about the gameplay and stuff. And so you really liked it a lot. Um, uh, Trashylvania on Twitter, who's a good uh, friend of mine on Twitter, he really liked it a lot. Like people that were playing it were like, you know, actually there's something really cool here and I think you should check it out. And I agreed. I listen to those people when they tell me that, and so I did check it out and play it. Um, so just really quickly before what I say, you loved it though, right, Carlos? Am I, am I correct in that? Yes. Uh, well, okay, so I liked it a lot. Loved is a strong word. Okay, and, you and liked I it a lot. It. Positive. Okay. And I did beat it, and uh, I did put it down to like whatever the easiest mode is at some point. Yes, yes. Because it just doesn't seem like there's any benefit to have it harder, because I think like I told you in text message, it basically just makes the enemies more damage-taking. Sponge yeah, heavy, spongy. Yeah. Um, and by the way, side note: Luminous Productions is the developer. There you go. And there's, you go. they're absorbed back into Square Enix now. Okay. So they're basically like just most of the people probably are back there. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I think that the, what you just said is that you know the backlash I think was unwarranted because uh, most people play the beginning, which you're going to talk about in a second, which is kind of rough, and also dialogue rough, and the fact that like a lot of cringe stuff happens in the beginning. But then later on, even like the first story mission, which I'm not sure if you you know got to, but where this little girl is and he she meets this little girl, I thought the dialogue automatically got better, and I started caring about some characters later on. So I don't. I think a lot of backlash was from the beginning of the game, but I did see it through. I think there's some really cool thoughts, and I really like the ending narrative, which I'm sure you didn't get to. Not yet. No. Um, which is really about like fighting against life's really difficult things that it throws at you. Yeah, And for me, just to finalize the reason why I enjoyed it, it is, again, like we say, the right game at the right time. Uh, going through a lot of stuff myself, having that kind of you know kinship or understanding with the character, going through some of the same stuff, uh, you know, the relating thing was part of it. Uh, yeah. And also, I just like the gameplay later on. Like, as you get your rig or your loadout that you like doing... Mm. Yeah. Then it just becomes, in my opinion, just becomes more fun because the beginning is pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'm not going to talk like in in depth about it because I just started it like yesterday. So I'm not too deep into it. Okay. Um, But I will say, I will say, so like real talk, the first two hours, pretty awful. They're really bad. And if it wasn't for all of the people who are encouraging me to play it, I would have, I would have thought about bouncing because you don't get to you don't really see any real gameplay for at least the first two hours you have lots of cutscenes, like way too many cutscenes. um a lot of stuff that you don't well i didn't really care about a lot of dialogue that i felt like was not great and i i think um the voice director probably has uh he's got to get some feedback on this because i don't think he did a great job with voice direction i think the actors are okay um, but the way the director has them read the lines and how they do the lines, it just comes off as really um, trite and unlikable and kind of annoying. So I don't, I don't like a lot of what I've seen so far. Um, I can see where some of the criticism come from. I think it was overblown for sure, and I do feel like it's getting better. 
Um, but boy, those first two hours, it was like nails on chalkboard for me. It was like, yikes. Every five seconds cutscene, every five seconds more talking and, and stuff happening where like menu, menu pop up, pop up, pop up, tutorial and stuff. And it was like, this is just like the most painful two hours to get through. Um, yeah. So that was not good. That was not good. Um, once you finally get out of the first two hours and you get like finally into the, the world and finally do some gameplay, I think it's pretty fun. I think like running around with your high powered parkour, your magic parkour and your, your magic spells and shooting animals and stuff is like really fun. Like, I think that's really good. I think that's a good basis for a game. Um, you have your open world map. The, the world seems kind of empty so far, but I'm kind of going from point of interest to point of interest to see like what things are still kind of learning the systems a little bit. But I like the I like the powers. I like flipping through the menus and having your magic and stuff, and that's all pretty good. Uh, I think it's a good core. Um, so far, it does feel a little thin, and I don't know that I'm on board with the characters and dialogue. Something about it is just kind of off-putting to me. Like I'm not connecting with it very much, but I'm definitely giving it some time. And like once you're in the world and stuff, I do feel I think it feels better. Did you so, meet that little girl yet, or no? I did meet the little girl, um, but so. There was stuff to do in the city, but I didn't realize that until I had gotten out of the city. And once I realized I had forgotten some stuff, I wanted to go back, but then I was locked out. So that oh, didn't feel temporarily good. locked out because that yeah, place opened back up again. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go right back and do the things that I missed, but I couldn't, so that sucked. Um, and then I went and did like a bunch of other things, and I'm, I'm I like it. Like I like it. I can see that there's problems here. I can see I can see why some people didn't like it. Although I still think that was overblown. Um, I don't know that I'm gonna if, like the character because there's a few things she says that I find to be really mean-spirited and I don't like characters that are mean-spirited if I'm controlling them. You um, have to give it longer because I know what you're oh, talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. And still. I want to let the audience know that because that is another thing that people were saying and they just didn't play it long enough because I beat the game and she, like, it's so frustrating too. And not to just hear you say I'm, it, I'm sure it's a character arc, right? Well, that's like, what my point grow. is yeah. that so many yeah. games and so many shows <laughs> and movies don't even have characters that develop, you right, know, they're right. one note bullshit. And so I, all I care about is to have characters progress. So she starts angry as fuck and saying really fucked up things. Yeah. And yeah. I've also said fucked up things and put my foot in my mouth a lot. Um, and then she develops, you know, like later on little early, like she meets that girl. There's a little girl who's basically doing what she did when yeah, she was young, exactly. Yeah, I know stealing and stuff. And so, so that's the beginning of it. But she still b- remains an asshole. It doesn't take what I try to tell people is it didn't take five days to change your attitude. Totally, which it is takes super fair. Months and long time, you know. So this game only has what uh, eight to ten hours, or maybe fifteen hours. And so, but yeah, in hour three, something else happens. And so, yeah, just give it time because I really think oh, yeah. that they do have her come around, and it's an interesting arc. I, yeah, I definitely, th- I, they're definitely setting things up for a narrative arc for sure. And I can see where it's going. It is, it is kind of off putting at the beginning though, because she does say a few things where I'm like, wow, you need to stop that because that's really rude and it, it's not fun to play somebody like that. But mm-hmm. I get where they're going. Um, the only straight up like complaint complaint that I have, I think, is the graphics. I don't know what is going on with these graphics, but they did something weird with like, I don't know if it's the lighting or something, but like, at cer- it doesn't happen all the time, but at certain points, Everything looks like hyper washed out on screen. And I've been playing with the sliders and trying to figure things out. And it doesn't always happen. But like sometimes you look at something and it just looks like there's this weird patina of like white light or something over mm-hmm. on top of things. And it looks fucked up. It looks like it's broken or not done. Yeah. And it's really distracting. And I, if they're if they're doing a style choice, it's a bad choice. And it doesn't happen all the time. Thank God. But like 
sometimes I'm just like, what is going on with these graphics? Like it's, it's so weird. Did you see that on your TV too? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. What I, what I think of, and remember I always say, cause me and like a uh, click for gameplay, that guy uh, who does the RPG YouTube channel. Yeah. We both of that are so used to like janky indie RPGs that that's kind of what this is. this is. I mean, it's under a bigger name, but it's like, it was an indie team working on a game. Yeah. Way more above their, what does it call it? You punch above your, they're punching above their weight, weight. And so when that happens, you know, you're processing shit and they have this massive open world that they didn't even need to be that big. Cause it's ma- mainly empty. Agreed. I yeah. just feel like they, it's post-processing problems because yeah. I saw it too. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, and yeah. I had to put it on performance mode or I would have died. Uh, because again, it chugged like nobody's business when you try to keep it on fidelity mode or whatever it is. So, right, right, right. yeah, I just think that they punch above their weight and it looks funk, fucking wonky at times. But it, yeah, but that parkour feels good, and it that's what kept cool. me going. It is pretty cool. So, so my takeaway for now, and I'm sure I'll come back to it and talk. I am planning on finishing it, so I like it enough that I feel like I'm in right now. But I okay. will say, first two hours real bad i feel like that was that was awful but now that i've gotten past the first two hours it's looking up it's getting better i can definitely see that there is a character arc plan which i'm happy about i think the open world stuff feels pretty good i like just playing it like just playing it feels pretty good so i'm liking that um and so we'll see we'll see well i'll circle back and i think that uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what else is in store here so all right well i'm interested to see what you have to say about the ending if you get to it uh and also another game i went back to was uh jedi survivor Yes, Jedi Survivor, and I beat it. All right. Well, tell us all about it, man. Uh, we don't. We've already had an hour, so I'll be quick about it. But I will say, um, I'm in like a beating game streak. You know how you get on those? Oh yeah. And it's like it makes you want to beat the next game. You're like, oh, I can beat games. I can beat games. <laughs> I, that's right. I can beat games. I can. I sure can. Yeah. And so because I beat Survivor, I went back to Dead Island too. Um, so yeah, Jedi Survivor is better than Fallen Order in every way. It's basically that you know, succession, that next level uh, of what Fallen Order started. It has fast travel points like we already talked about. Uh, we talked about this game pretty much in length. Yeah. yeah. But I will say um, at some point I stopped doing side missions because even though there's a million of them, you definitely want to know what the hell's going on with this story because they do the story stuff really well. Were they um, were they narratively rewarding or was it just like, go here, get this and get a poncho color? Like, was it? No, I some were narratively story, rewarding, but. Okay. but I didn't care at some point because the the general overall narrative was more important. Gotcha. Okay. Like things were happening. You know what I mean? Like it was really it was too things. exciting to stop. Yeah, and I think that in those modes, in those kind of stages of the game, even though it sucks, they probably should just lock out other other side missions and be like, listen, now let's just do it. Once the drama ramps up, I agree. Yeah, Don't be distracted from that. You couldn't ramp up more than okay. this story does. Sounds good. S- no spoilers. Uh, ending very satisfying um, and super sad, too. S- okay. Minor spoiler. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's like wildly happy and wildly sad, which is really cool to do, and totally sets up its third game. Like, it totally sets up Oh yeah. its oh, third yeah. game. Um, trilogy. Interesting, uh, what's it called? A surprise at the end, too. So lots of stuff happened. I loved it. It's it's close to a nine. If if you by the way, I bumped it down to story mode at some point, even mm-hmm. though it was at Padawan level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did the same thing with Forspoken. It's like it just makes the enemies harder. There's no reason. Because and this was my only note. Uh when you knock it down to story mode, in my opinion. In that game specifically, because, again, they're trying to do the Dark Souls things. They don't need to do the Dark Souls things in that game. 
if you make it story mode, it's like you're watching the show or a movie because your hero would kick ass. Right. Your hero wouldn't die to a regular fucking dude. Right. right all right. the time, always, because he didn't parry. So I think the true canon mode for that game is story mode. Because once I did that, by the way, still difficult sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you still have to be bosses. Um, I was like, oh yeah, this feels like the character. You know, he's he's difficult. It's, some things are difficult for it for him, and then some things are really easy. Yeah, he yeah. shouldn't be like uh, struggling with stormtroopers. So, anyways, I really like bumping it down to story mode. Fucking no, that makes great perfect game. sense. It makes perfect sense, dude. Yeah, love um, it. No, I agree with you. I agree because, you know, if you're a Jedi, especially if this is like your second game as a Jedi and a rando stormtrooper comes up, like it shouldn't be like a giant Dark Souls boss every time you fight a guy. Like you should like, you know, just like the movies, like you you mow through a bunch of those stormtroopers, no big deal. Like that's that's what it should be like. It should be the roller coaster ride, exactly. So Yeah, because they do so many like really cool animations in this version. And it's like I said, the better version I think of that game. So you want to see all them. You don't want to just keep dying. Um, exactly. So. Exactly. Did I mention? I told you that I finished Fallen Order, right? Did we talk about that already? I don't know if we did. You said you went back to it. You played it. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, I you did. It. Yeah, you did. You did. Maybe I just told you about it. Just as a quick recap, Fallen Order. I got a lot of problems. Not going to go into it. I had a lot of really significant design problems, but I did stay with it and I did finish it. And I will say, you were right. The last leg of that game is actually pretty good like it really like you said the drama ramps up things get exciting um you start doing stuff that's a little bit different at the end and you have a couple pretty exciting encounters um so it got it got worth i will say was it worthwhile yes i will say it was worthwhile i do not regret my time with it even though i had a lot of problems with it and i didn't enjoy it all the way through but i'm glad i went back and that ending was cool it was genuinely cool it did get really cool at the end so i'm glad i got to see that and I will play Survivor, um, not right now, but maybe this year for sure. So looking yeah. forward to it. And then the third game, please just do less climbing. That's all I, all I ask for. Cl- less climbing. Less, less climbing. climbing. All right. I've got, only got one more box. You got anything oh else? Oh, my goodness. We have an hour, bo- hour housekeeping. Open that box, and then we're done. All right. So just as a heads up, um, I want to say it was like five months ago, maybe even six months ago, I was a guest on a podcast. Oh, yeah. Tales from the Backlog. Um, they're a great podcast. They've got a lot of good episodes. Love uh, love what they do. Um, and uh, I forget how we got in touch with each other. I think it was maybe through Gaming in the Wild, perhaps. I'm not sure how those things connected, but they reached out. And they were like, oh, we'd love to have you on a podcast. Um, we struggled for a long time to decide on a game because... Uh, they were like, oh, we're going to play like a game and we want to do like a deep dive. And I'm like, that's, I'm allergic to that. I don't, I don't do deep dives on games very rarely. Like, you know, like a day's gone, we'll do something like that. Or we'll do like a, like a last of us or something. But like, you know, like once a year, you and I do a deep dive. We don't, we're not deep dive people. And so I'm like, that's, that's tough for me. I don't know that I can commit to that. We delayed, delayed. We finally just, we just settled on a topic. I'm like, yeah, I can talk about topics. And so the topic was... If a game isn't fun, why are you playing it? So I had a lot of thoughts about that. Uh, they had a lot of thoughts about that. And it ended up being a really great discussion. Um, so I would definitely recommend anybody who listens to this show, go and check that show out, specifically that episode, because I'm on it. But I think all their the rest of their episodes are really good, too. Uh, so again, Tales from the Backlog, uh, talking about what is fun in a game, what does fun even mean, what makes fun, what is not fun. And even though that seems like kind of a played out topic, we actually got to places that I wasn't expecting. Uh, really, really good discussion. I had a great time over there. So definitely cool. check that out. And I say that because 
I recorded it like six months ago and I forgot that I even did it until last week when they're like, hey, we record so far in advance that the episode's finally out. And I'm like, man, more power to you guys. You record six months in advance because we go, we live on the edge, you and me, it's like oh, week yeah. to week. We're like out there in the wastelands just like surviving how we can. And these people, six months ahead, that's wow. that's some fucking planning, yo. So. I'm putting in my queue. I got to listen to it. I haven't heard it yet. I'm going to hear Yeah, it. it's a good show. So shout out. Thanks again to Tales from the Backlog for having me out. You can check it out. Tales from the Backlog anywhere on your podcast that you uh, you get those podcasts. I'm sure they are there. Great discussion. Had a great time. Okay. One more thing then. Jeez. <laughs> Let's make it a perfect hour. It's almost Let's do hour. it. Let's do it. Is uh, just because me and my buddy Nate are working on a new uh, cartoon comic project. Yeah, and it's called Brain Cells with a Z, and it's uh, the first short is going to come out the day that this podcast comes out. So, oh, excellent. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a thirty-second short, and it's just these weird little characters. Uh, they kind of represent, like you know, it's called brain cells. So it's like what people think, and so each one is kind of like a different kind of almost emotion in a way. Yeah. Okay. If you think like Inside Out, I was just gonna say like yeah. Inside the or yeah, yeah the the Disney one. Yeah, the Pixar and we one. didn't even think that we just had these weird little characters that were monsters that Nate draws, uh, awesome artist, and then we just started voicing them and writing scripts, and that's just what that's what it felt like to us is like oh yeah we all have these kind of thoughts, um, and one's one character is called Riff and it's kind of like you know hyper uh, has a lot of ideas kind of loosely based on me, um, and then like you know the the straight man Sterling he's like the pessimistic one and like, why are you doing all these things? And then like the angry one. And so, yeah, it's really fun. So anyway, check it out. It's called brain cells. It'll be on all the social media platforms, uh, starting Monday. So you're posting clips, like all the different social media platforms. Yeah. there will be like shorts for now. And then we're going to, the hopefully is we're going to try to pitch it somewhere and get like episodes and to find that. Should they go to like any particular, is it going to be like just you, Carlos Rodella, you going to post it or is there, a I will as channel? well, but yeah, just brain cells with a Z and you'll, okay. if you just Google that, you'll find it probably uh, starting Monday. All right. Excellent. I am out of housekeeping. You got a housekeeping. Oh, geez. They're all done. It's, it's like empty. All right, good. House is looking great. I say we take a little spit shine to that uh, strip of duct tape in the middle and we move on to the main section of games. Let's do that. Carlos, now that we're in the main section here, I'm going to turn it over to you. Nightmare Reaper. This is one of the surprise additions to the agenda here. I don't know anything about this. So tell us about Nightmare Reaper. I don't know. I think I'm spent. <laughs> I think I'm done. He's so. good. Carlos is Anyways, you can out, check folks. out his on social media. I'm Onawa, oh, O-N-A-W-A. I got to carry the rest of the episode on my own. That's fine. Yep. I, can, I can handle it. I'll do you it. You have the I'll list, right? It. You have a list of the games. You can I got just the list. Talk about the ones I played, even yes. though. I'll just say something. Okay, they were great. fine. Seven out of ten. Uh, so I've been very much in the mood of first-person shootery kind of games. And, yeah, I always take a chance on indie games and new things. So Nightmare Reaper showed up. I love the artwork. I'm a sucker for artwork sometimes. Um, and I mean on the marketing, not even the artwork of the game, but the artwork of the, like the, you know, what's it called? The, not, you can't call it the box cover anymore, but like the title. But just like all the, the PR art and all the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea is that you're like a woman who's in like a psych ward and the, you know, the artwork is awesome where like she's got her gown on, but she's also holding a shotgun and she's fighting monsters it just looks really cool. And so then I looked at the art, and it's like old school, like Bolt Gun, uh, Doom, pixely graphics. Pixely, okay, gotcha. First-person shooter, Doom mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Uh, but it's a roguelike, which I can take or leave. Um, and so I was like a little afraid of that part of it. But I just like the concept. And then, you know, it was pretty cheap. I forgot what it was, $10 or something, pretty cheap. So I took a chance. I'm glad I did. 
the game starts out where you are in kind of like a hospital uh, in one room where you can't leave. And it's that thing where it's a roguelike, so it, the, that room changes a little bit every time you come back. So, okay, so just in my own mind, this is a first-person pixely Doom shooter, but you're in a, a hospital room, like well, you're a patient or something? I haven't got there yet. Okay. So you are you start there, and then, again, they do a really good job of, like, that 8-bit sounds of, like, you know, people in the distance. You can hear, like, other people in other rooms, like, yelling and stuff. And it's got a creepy vibe. It feels like like almost a horror game in that way. And that's kind of what drew me to it because it showed those kind of scenes, but then it showed like fighting monster scenes. So what happens is you're in that room, you do things like read a little note. You know, like I said, things change because it's a roguelike game whenever you like come back from it. And then you go to bed. And when you go to bed, you're transported to nightmare world and you're fighting monsters. Uh, And then it's like a doom game straight up. You go into a level. I I don't know if it's procedurally generated. I forgot, but it's like, you definitely go into like zones, fight monsters, look for secrets. Um, you know, you all your health is on the ground, that kind of stuff where you fight monsters, pick up health, very gotcha. much like Doom. Um, and, but then there's lots of different weapons, which I like. Uh, things like melee weapons, like chainsaws and things like that. But then there's like a lot of different uh, ranged weapons. I found a sniper rifle and I just stuck with it because in a game like that, if you can keep your distance, like is really great. Okay. Um, and even the knife is really good. And so, yeah, there's a lot of fun weapons and I was doing pretty well. I wasn't like just eating shit at a roguelike game, which normally I do. And then when you beat, you know, a section, you go back to the room and different things are there, like little letters of kind of try to figure out who your doctor is and why you're there and what's going on. And you feel like you're going a little more crazy. And, um, you know, I don't think it's like talking about mental health fully, but again, I haven't finished the game, so maybe it is. Uh, and anyways, you, each time you go to bed, you go to a different realm, and that's it. That's the game. Huh, okay. Um, so I like the concept. I haven't, you know, eaten shit enough to, like, want to rage quit. So it's, like, difficult but not super difficult. Like, if I die on a level, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just do it again. Um, I think one level I did five times, and I'm like, okay, this is getting – this one's pretty tough. But I still haven't, like, you know, just bailed. Yeah, uh, which is a good sign of a roguelike, which means they're giving me enough upgrades and stuff. And you get to keep like uh, your favorite weapon at the end of a level. So okay. if you unlock something, like I unlock that sniper rifle, I just always go into every new level with a sniper rifle. So I feel like I got my shit. You know, well, that was, that was someone was going to ask you. So in terms of roguelikes, uh, so I guess number one, do you feel like the runs are different enough? And if they are different, in terms of not just like the room variation or enemy variation, but like you know, do are you getting like weird power-ups are you feeling like it's changing and also what is the is the is there any progression and if there is what kind of progression is there oh you know what? I've, I've only done four or five worlds i don't remember too many oh max health that's right i got a max health upgrade oh and it's permanent i'm so glad you said that and i can't believe i forgot it it's very fucking cool dude so holy shit this is <laughs> this is the coolest part and i forgot about it you forgot the best part okay well in its in its uh, execution so the there is an uh, max upgrades and the first time I went to it, it's a little wonky on how to get to it. Like it's in the menu. So you go in the menu and you get a skill tree or whatever. And, um, you like make money. And when you get money, you can uh, buy upgrades and stuff. But what you do is it, the minute you go to the skill up tree or a skill up tree, a uh, skill tree upgrade, it's the, like a Mario land map, you know, like uh, super Mario brothers, like was it three? 
Yeah, Super Mario. Where you World go or to something. each yeah. little thing. Uh huh. So you have a little character, and it goes to you know the different little blocks, and you choose which one. So like I say, I want to do max health. So I, when I choose that one, I I do choose that on the overworld, and then it's a two D game. Really? Yeah, and it's a little Mario game, and it's you're the woman, and you're your little gown, and you're collecting gold, and you're jumping on monsters' heads, and then when you get to the end, you get the upgrade. Isn't that so, cool as fuck? That is weird. I was just going to say. So what happens if you choose one and then you, I mean, can you fail them? If you fail I've this? died three times in one and I just, they kept re- respawning me. So. Oh, okay. So like you don't like lose the power up. You just have to keep retrying until you get right. it. Right. And you don't, you can get like less gold too, right? Because like okay. there's so much gold in there and the gold you win from there, you take in the other world, you know, you take out. So you get gold from it as well. It's okay. fucking cool as shit, dude. I'm so glad you reminded me. Um, and so that is fun. Yeah, that's really fun too. Um, and then I'll also say, um, I think it is procedurally generated because, yeah, I think they're Like each runs. level and stuff? Yeah, when I go back, I feel like they are different. Mm. Um, but yeah, in general, I just like, I really want to know the story. Like, I, uh, just like Cult of the Lamb, if you really build a roguelike that has something that's interesting where you want to know the ending that can push me definitely through a roguelike, you know? A good story counts for a lot, man. Yeah. So I'm just upgrading that woman and want to find out her story, and I highly recommend it. It's Night- Nightmare Reaper. Right on. Right on. Nightmare Reaper. You're playing on where? PlayStation 5? I think it's okay. on Xbox as well. I was good. didn't know which one I was getting on. I think it's on both, yeah. All right. Excellent. Okay. Nightmare Reaper sounds like a win. It is. Very cool. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, okay, so let me talk for a minute about Tin Hearts. Uh, this just came out, I think, a couple days ago, uh, maybe less than a week ago. This was it got a lot of hype, um, specifically on the Switch. Uh, it was shown at one of the Switch uh, events. I forget which one it was, Indie World, or maybe it was the other one they do. Whatever, whatever they do, Nintendo Direct or something. Um, and this showed like a lot of like little tin wind-up soldiers uh, with like the big black hats and the red coats and they were like walking around inside a house like so they're tiny so they were walking around like a house size environment and stuff Uh, people got real hype about it i got real hype about it It looked great and that's what got it on my radar and the pr company was kind enough to send me a code so thank you very much for that um and i played this and boy i noped out of it like super fast um I didn't realize, because we don't do any research on the show, we never do, and we don't pretend like we do, um, I didn't realize this was from, I guess, whatever's left of the Fable team? I didn't. Oh, I had no clue. I guess so. I mean, I'm not sure what they're calling themselves these days, but whoever, I mean, that was one of the things in the notes uh, that I got with the game was like, it was a lot of the people who worked on Fable were working on this, and they were kind of pinning a lot of their their hopes on it. so that's a thing. Uh, basically, it's a Lemmings-ish sort of a game where, like, you... Okay, so the other thing I didn't realize, not only is it the Fable team, it's also in- intended for a VR environment. Um, I didn't oh. know that, but it's not launching on VR. It's launching flat. So I didn't know that either, and it's one of those games where, like, you fi- you figure out right away something's wrong, and you don't quite know what's wrong. And then you, you're like, oh, but it's intended for VR. You're like, oh, that's what's wrong. Because the whole approach of it 
um, which I'll get to in a second, seems like it might work better in VR than it does flat. So mm. basically you play like as a, I don't know, a toy creator or something like that, like a craftsman or something. And he's got some family drama. This, the family story is supposed to be a big part of it, but I found myself not caring at all. I was really more focused on wanting to play the game, but the game is actually really frustrating to play and really clunky. Um, part of it is because after the fact, I realized, oh, I guess you're supposed to be in VR. You're supposed to be moving stuff with your hands. That would make probably more sense than what you do. But basically, you have a toy box. It's full of little toy soldiers. You open it up, and then they walk forward. You can't stop them. And what you got to do is you got to rearrange wooden blocks on the table. Uh, you know, like they hit a block and they'll turn left, or they hit a block and they turn right. And so you got to like arrange the blocks so that you create a path from the box to the exit. I mean, super straightforward. A million games have done this already. It's not like breaking any new ground, right? Um, but it's really frustrating to play. It's really clunky because you have the wooden blocks. You have to pick up the wooden blocks. And instead of like having a menu at a, at a button and just flipping through them and quickly going through it with optimum efficiency, you have to like pick up the blocks and like rotate them and then put them down, which didn't make any sense to me until I found out it was VR. I'm like, oh, am I... I Okay, this probably makes a lot more sense if I was actually pretending to use my hand. Oh, right. But it's super clunky on a controller, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense on a controller. That was really frustrating to play. Also, there's specific places where you have to place blocks. Like the block, I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds this, but only certain blocks can go certain places and you can only flip them certain ways. And so right off the bat, I was running into a thing where I'm like, okay, this already feels like three steps too difficult. It's not very intuitive. The things that I want to do, the game is telling me I can't do. Um, so that was like a problem. I just was like, it felt like a real struggle to play. Like I wasn't like getting lost in the puzzly aspect of it. I was like, why is this block not sitting here? Why is it? Okay. This is the wrong block. Okay. How do I flip the block? Oh shit. Okay. I got to put the, I got to put the block back, put the block back. That's a hassle. I don't want to put it back. I just want to switch to a different block. Okay. Where's the block I need? Oh, I got to zoom in so I can get a good look at the block that I want to oh, see before it. I pick it up because then I'm picking up the wrong block and I'm like, okay, this is all. None of this makes any kind of sense whatsoever, but I bet it probably would make a lot more sense if I was wearing a VR helmet, yeah. and that's my biggest issue right there. Um, but also, just straight up, I don't feel like this game is very fun. Like, once I did it, I got three, you know, once I did three or four levels and I got the groove of it, I'm like, this is not fun. I'm not having fun with this. It feels clunky. It feels like a slog. It does not feel... It does not feel like in any way meant to foster ease of gameplay. It feels like it's going for, like, an experience and that's it, it just wasn't working for me man mm -hmm. um i didn't care about the story uh, people say that when you get further in you eventually um get the perspective of one of the toy soldiers themselves and they say that's the better part of the game is when you're going through it as a toy soldier and everything looks huge to you which is i mean sounds fun and interesting i didn't make it that far because i just felt like it was very frustrating to play um didn't work very well on a controller i wasn't having a lot of fun and i just like the whole thing was like struggling through mud like i just none of it was working for me yeah so, i feel like yeah. this is a, a game they just should have hold it off until vr release yeah i'm surprised number one in the way that it feels i don't feel like this is a great fit for flat some vr games i feel like no big deal some games is a big deal and i feel like this one really only makes sense in a vr environment and i think they should have just held it back for vr and i it doesn't make a lot of sense so right. not having fun so tin hearts uh, if you like the Fable team and you want to have a VR experience, it probably is a good time. But flat, uh, playing it on Xbox doesn't does not fly. So. Well, I have a perfect segue, and I'm hoping you built it in for us. It's, it's my next game. Oh shoot! Can no. I can I can Go I ahead. Go change ahead. it up? 
Yeah. Can I jump to humanity right now then? I was going to have you talk about humanity. Oh, perfect. Because that game has a VR mode and flat. Okay. I don't know if you knew that. I'm not sure that I knew that either. I'm assuming you played it flat or no? I played it flat. I don't have PSVR 2 yet. It's a okay. PS game, PlayStation game. Um, wait, is it PC as well? I think it's just PlayStation. I think it's exclusive. No, P- PlayStation and PC uh, only. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and I bring it up because it's a game that also uh, could be in VR for a different perspective. It also is a Lemmings type game like you're okay. talking about. So, yeah, just like this one, yeah. so similar. But I think uh, I haven't played... Tin Hearts, but uh, this one works really well in 2D. Okay, great. Yeah. Let's talk about so it. So that's then. a good yeah. thing. Um, yeah, so I saw the trailer a while ago. It just looked really weird, and I like weird. The whole concept uh, that I saw in trailers, which I think you did too, a lot of people did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is all these uh, kind of faceless peoples, almost like a bunch of Sims, uh, walking down different like mazes and uh, jumping on blocks and dying, a lot of them falling off to their death. Or, you know, getting to a goal and then floating and ascending to heaven or something. So you're like, what is this game? This seems like a bunch of sim lemmings. Uh, And that's pretty much what it is. There's a couple interesting things when you actually play it. Uh, So you play as a Shibu Inu, uh, the little dog. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. And you're glowing. You're kind of this, like, spirit thing. As they all do. As they do. And you are, like, doing action platforming. So you're actually, uh, you know, those games where it's, like, it's um, what I want to call. It. What's it called? Uh, the po- uh, Nintendo one. Oh my god! Uh, Nintendo Dogs. No, no, no. What? Pikmin. 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 Okay. Where like you know you have like somebody on the ground, but then you also are like controlling things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have the little dog. Yeah. The dog mm-hmm. runs around, can jump, double jump. The dog gets new abilities, so later on it can do different things, and then it gets new functions. So basically, the dog can run around and plant. Would you say down. it learns new tricks. Nice. It does. It does. New, learn Excellent. New tricks. All right. Good. But it learns new tricks for the people. So basically, you want to control these people, tell them where to go because they're just running. You know, they're just going for it. They're walking forward, and you're on all these platforms floating in a space. And your abilities, your tricks, are to give the people directions. So, like, you can say, you know, you're running around as a dog, running through the people, and you go down to a section and you say left. So then when they get to that section, they're all going to go left. Like, do you bark? No, you just put down like a little uh, symbol. Is like it a, with your pee? Are you trying? Okay, you're doing a bit. I feel like they're, they need to lean into the they dog thing. They could have. Why did you didn't. not lean into the dog thing? That it's seems like a missed opportunity. a normal arrow. Uh, Sorry. You okay. can pretend in your mind that it's he's peeing into the shape of an arrow. He's peeing the shape of an arrow. That would be perfect. Why so did you not do, do that? let's do that as a review. That's what he's doing. Okay. Um, so the dog does that. And then there's, you know, different directions, but then there's like jump. So you can put down a jump thing and say jump here. And of course you got to time it right. So right, they got to jump to the block or they got to climb. Um, and then there's like double jump and there's all these different kind of moves that you can learn to tell the people to do things. But you're trying to get them to the goals, which is, you know, simple puzzle game. When they get to the goal, they again, ascend into heaven or wherever they're going uh, to the light and you're saving like their soul. Okay. But the good news is, this is really makes it a relaxing game, is I thought in the beginning there'd be like a certain limited amount of people, and if I failed, that they all started falling off, I would just fail the you know, whole round. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. At least it hasn't been so far. It's like the people are unlimited. So, oh, really? Yeah. So they just keep coming and coming and coming? They just keep coming. And I'm like, oh, this is more relaxing now. Oh, man. You know what would be a cool idea? Like, honestly, if they if there was a limit to people in this game... But it was 
a limit, the real limit that we have on Earth. Like, how many people's on Earth right now? Is it like 8 billion oh, or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Like, if you started with like a finite 8 billion and you had to get it, the game done before you extincted humanity on Earth, that would be kind of fun. Yeah, it's not that, but... Oh. Man. That'd, that'd be a variation. That's a new episode. Why was I not on the dev team for this? People need to consult with me because I feel like I'm getting some real gold ideas for this game. Well, here. you should be a consultant. And you could consult on episodic content for them. Absolutely. P arrows and 8 billion people. I don't think I the need... P one's going to fly. Someone intended. needs to pay me for this. Uh, okay. So here's the other thing. Is it later on you can like do your own stages? I believe Like you create can... a stage? Yeah, I think okay. so. Um, user-made challenges and stuff like that. Sure. Um but there's like 90 stages in story mode. I'm through like 20 of them. I don't know. And uh, yeah, each time it keeps building on different things you have to do. Like there's like different characters in the world. And if you uh, bring them along to the end, then you get a bonus or something. You know, um, there's like unlockables and things. In general, that's it though. What I said is the game. Uh, I don't know what's going to change later on. Maybe some other, you know, uh, abilities will really make it feel different. But it's just relaxing and I can see it being really, really weird and different in VR mode. Cause you're like looking at the whole picture and it might be even easier, uh, but it doesn't, you don't seem to miss the VR and that's key. So you can't really, it doesn't feel clunky. It doesn't feel awkward. Like you don't feel like you're struggling. No, nope. no weird decisions that don't make sense without a VR helmet. on. Yeah, no, not at all. I think it'll be really cool and different in a VR thing. And when I eventually probably do buy PSVR two, I'll play it again and get a whole new perspective. But it's one of those games where it does it well. Like Trover Saves the Universe. I love that game. Mm-hmm. And I like that it worked really, really well in 2D. Uh, this is that same thing. It's just really fucking fun. I think the if there is a limit to the humans, then I misspoke. But so far, I have not seen it. So it feels like they chose right with that, you know, because it makes it like every time I pick it up, I'm just relaxed. I'm like, okay, oh, I fucked it up. Oh, they're all dying. <laughs> Let me do this then. Oh, now there you go. I got it. You know, it's yeah. that kind of thing. And, and like real humans, there just is an endless stream. There's always more coming. So. There is always more coming, being born. Um, by the way, the, the, some of the team is from Tetris Effect. Remember that game? Oh, yeah. That was a good game. Fucking good game. Also, Res. Re- good game. Yeah. Good game. Uh, so, good hands, good game. Uh, I recommend this game. It's relaxing. Excellent. If you have PlayStation, uh, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, one of their sub- subscriptions, the I don't middle, know which one The I middle have. tier. Middle tier. You get it for free. Yeah. So that's what I did. I just upgraded mine. I, I had had the essential or whatever. I paid $4 for one month and got to play this game and be able to beat it you know, before the month's over. So It's not too expensive either. I looked at it because I did not have the middle tier. In fact, I don't think I'm even subscribed to PSN right now. Um, but I was like, oh, oh, how much? Is this like twelve dollars, nineteen dollars? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cheap. So uh, this one seems like a cool one. I got to write this down because I definitely would like to play this at some point. So it sounds. I'm glad you've had. Is this two wins in a row for you? Nightmare Reaper and Humanity is both two wins. Yeah, it is. Two uh, recommends. Let me look at my list now. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna hit some that that aren't. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Two recommends. Hundred percent recommend this. Yeah, for sure. Good way to start the show. Okay, good. Excellent. All right, let me talk for a minute here. So as we say in the opener, on this show, the So Video Games Podcast, which is what you're listening to now, we talk about new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. So like I said earlier, my week kind of opened up unexpectedly in terms of game schedule. And I went back to something that I I guess it qualifies as an old stuff, I suppose. Not mega old, but pretty old or kind of old. 
Uh, I went back to Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Oh, I saw that you did that, and I yep. saw the comments, and yep. yes. Yeah, because I am a crazy person that likes punishing myself. Yeah. Uh, I Some part of me must be mad at some other part of me because I went back to this game. So for context, this is the From Software game where you play as a ninja named Wolf. He's got the prosthetic left arm, which is rigged up with all sorts of doodads and gadgets, grappling hook, an axe, uh, shuriken, firecrackers, uh, flamethrower, etc., etc., etc. He's got all sorts of tricks, literally, <laughs> up his left sleeve. See what I did there? And uh, and this is also the famously really difficult FromSoft game. It is their most prescriptive game. And by what I mean by that is, in most FromSoft games, Souls and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and soon to be Armored Core, which I'm very excited about, choice is what they're about. They're about you specking out your your guy, your mech, whatever, having a build, picking your armor, picking your weapon, basically doing a Burger King and letting you play it your way, right? Like that's normally what FromSoft is about, and that's a lot of what people love about them. But in Sekiro, they kind of went the other way. They zigged when we thought they were going to zag. And although there are certain things you can change, you can you can change which ninja gadgets you're using, etc., uh, etc. Et you can change a couple of your skills. But basically, there's only one way to ninja, and they want you to ninja that way. And if you can't ninja that way, then you're going to eat shit and die constantly, which is yeah. basically what I'm doing. This is this is like parrying colon the game, which um, just sounds like the worst thing in the world to me. Which it kind of is the worst thing in the world. Um, I agree with you. I, I hate parrying. I famously hate parrying. And this is the game that I feel like more than any other one recently got everybody on the parry bandwagon. I fully blame Sekiro for doing that because if you can't parry in this game, you cannot play this game. You cannot progress in this game. You can't do anything in this game if you can't parry. Like it is core to the identity, which I think is fucking stupid. Um, so I played this game before when it dropped, uh, when it was new. I want to say it was four years ago i don't remember when it was a while ago before elden ring for sure and i got all the way to the very last boss the last boss in this game um sword saint ishin is famously difficult it is famously difficult in a famously difficult game and i want to say that i was playing on ps4 is that crazy it was on ps4 wasn't it i think it? it was yeah yeah it was on ps4 i believe and not only is that boss really difficult, he's got like, I think, three, maybe four phases. Ugh. It's all parrying bullshit. It's like the kind of thing where if you miss one parry, you're dead, right? Like you got to parry it perfectly. And at that time, when I got to the last boss, it wasn't running that great on PS4 because you die. There was like a really long load. There was like a little bit of a run up. And then when you got to the place where you had to go, there was like a load. So there was at least like two or three loading screens before you got to try again. And the frustration of getting stomped by the boss, which most people, it takes them days to get past him. Like, he's crazy hard. Um, the frustration of that boss, on addition to the three, two or three load screens, in addition to getting killed and everything, it drove me up a wall. Like, I lost my mind for a minute. I, I couldn't handle it because the frustration got too high. Um, that's really something that they should have taken into account. Uh, and the rest of the game should take into account too because like you know when you look at something like Super Meat Boy those developers famously said that's a really really hard platformer but they mitigate the difficulty by letting you iterate like at the moment's notice you push a button restart push a button restart the frustration they realized was mostly coming from the delay not really from getting killed over and over mm -hmm. um, something about being able to try again quickly calms your brain down just enough you're still going to be pissed off you're still going to be irritated but not quit irritated right yeah. like you're not going to be rage quit 
Um, and Sekiro failed that test for me. Like I got so frustrated with the pause, the restart, the delay, the load, the get there, the load. That part drove me crazy. So I quit. I quit the fucking game on the very last boss. And it really drove me crazy. It did emotional damage to me that I didn't finish this game. It was crushing my spirit. It was bothering me. I would wake up in the morning. First thing I think, I never finished Sekiro. Never finished Fuck. Everything, yep. Every goddamn morning. So I'm like, okay, I got to go back to it. And after playing Wo Long recently, that was also parrying Cole in the game. Um, I came back to Sekiro because I'm like, I got to finish this game because it's just, it's it's wrecking me. Uh, and that's just me. I'm flawed. I'm broken. Well, no, we were just talking about finishing games. It's, it's a that's thing. True. That's true. We can true. have it a whole a segment on that. Just like, mm-hmm. because it gives you something or it takes it away if you don't beat it, you know? It does. It does. Yeah. And this one definitely took something away. I felt like a lesser person. And me being the FromSoft expert, I think I've played literally every game they've ever released in America. And I've beaten almost all of them. Uh, this one just really stuck out to me as one that I had to finish because it just was wrecking me. So went back to it, started a fresh brand new game. I didn't remember what the hell I was doing. I didn't remember what my abilities were. I didn't know where I was. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to start fresh and build up the muscle memory again. And getting back into this game, I was like, fuck, this game is so hard and so fucking annoying, dude. Like, it's, it's, yeah. It is like piss me off the game. It's just like everything about it is way harder than it needs to be. Everything about it is just really just fucking... I don't know what they were smoking when they did this. They must have been drinking their own Kool-Aid about, like, people want your games to be hard. Because it was like, this game is aggressively, obnoxiously difficult, dude. Yeah. It's like you went back and you remembered exactly why you didn't beat that boss. Yes. And, like, oh, man. I got, like, just the early shit that they were doing. Like, I'm like, some of the boss runs are so obnoxious. Like, you're... It's not necessarily that you're far away from a boss. And spoiler, all the bosses are difficult in this game. But, like, you don't get to iterate quickly because basically in almost every single boss that I've gotten to so far, you have to kill, like, 12 dudes, like, grunts before you get to the boss. And you can't just skip past them because they will chase you and fight you. So it's, like, it's even worse than a loading screen because you load up, get back in, get to your save point, run back to where the arena is. There's, like, 12 dudes laying around there. You got to kill all 12 dudes. You can't stealth them all. So there's going to be like a fight. You got to run out, let the alarm die off, come back, kill the other guys, get that done. Let the alarm die down. Let the boss go back to like his being his passive state. And then you fight the boss. Like it's, it's too much. It's too much. It's way too much. I want to just, I want a fucking save point right before the room to every boss. And just let me fight the boss because these bosses are so difficult. It's pissing me off to by, no end yeah by the way real quick because we're going to revisit this when i talk about dead island too all right all but right. the fact that they can't or they wouldn't put a save point before the boss oh, is bazonkers to me dirty shit because that is it, it doesn't even add anything there's no there's nothing that it adds you know what it adds it adds get good is what it fucking adds dude is what, got, it's like it's punishment for not being good enough is what it is i, I so, there's so many thoughts on that and so oh, many frustrations yeah it's just, just like it's this game is needlessly difficult in so many ways. So it sucks Needless, because yeah. because here's the good thing, right? Like going back to it, and I'm I gotta finish it this time. So I'm gonna as long as it takes, I'm gonna finish this fucking game. Oh my um, I'm not gonna talk about it every week, but like the main character Wolf, cool as hell. He looks amazing. His visual design, awesome. Mechanical arm, awesome. His little ponytail and his scarf, he looks like you want to cosplay this dude. He looks cool as shit. The fucking grappling hook of this game is king. It's king shit. Like, it's so fun to grapple all over the place. Excellent grappling hook. And you know I love a grappling hook. Mm-hmm. I do. You love a grappling um, hook. I, li- I mean, just switching between the... St- that stuff is really cool. Some of the levels are really cool. Like, there's a lot of cool shit. Like, I'm not saying this is a bad game. 
it just makes a lot of really it's a good game that makes a lot of really bad choices because they're being dickheads um the boss thing is really annoying and also like when you die a certain number of times it spreads disease to npcs and those npcs will not let you do their side quest if they're sick and there's a whole side thing that you got and this game kills you all the fucking time dude so you're gonna deal with that thing which is i think even kicking you when you're down it's just like there's so many things in this game oh the, oh the thing that pisses me off the most i gotta say oh, one more thing and i'm gonna move on okay one more thing is like there's three or four different kinds of countering uh parrying it's not even just parrying there's like regular parry and sometimes you don't know if that's going to stun a guy or if it's not going to stun a guy sometimes it's like parry block they're open or sometimes it's parry 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 wait 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 parry and then they're open look so there's a Holy lot to learn shit. right you know like there's multiple patterns but it's not just that there's parry regular sword slash parry there's somebody about to grab you which means you need to either dodge or jump parry there's somebody who's about to stab you as in a thrusting stab that's a different kind of parry dude so you've got at least uh. three different kinds of parries and how they signal this is i'm sure they're going to say well look at the animation the animation happens so fast like the guy will wind up for like a half a second and then he's doing the attack that's not enough of a wind up but then a little um forgive me if this is wrong like a little kanji symbol i don't know if it's kanji i'm not a, a japanese language expert but it looks to me like a kanji symbol it could be something else hiragana katagana i don't know but whatever it is a symbol of japanese language pops up i don't know what it says my eye is not keen enough and this is this is my failing this is not like you know i'm not i'm not criticizing japanese language here but like i can't visually identify those symbols clearly enough to whether it says jump parry or regular uh stab parry or whatever yeah so like something comes up it's like boom warning i'm like okay i know something's coming and it's a total crapshoot as to what it is dude do i need to jump do i need to do the stab parry do i need to do the regular parry i don't know and i guess wrong every single time and it catches me every single time it should just say red arrow up or like x or like circle or something that's really easy to read in like a moment but i'm not i mean this maybe finding red japanese would be easy i don't read japanese it's difficult for me and it sucks that I see something coming and I just guess wrong every time. So that sucks. That sucks so hard, Carlos. Like this game is just like irritation. The game pissing me off front to back, and yet I'm I gotta finish it because I, I, I'm broken. I'm a broken person. You are. That you want to go to that? I'm, I'm very very happy person. hearing all that. That I never even hit the start button on oh that game. Oh my god! You don't need to. Because I do like a challenge, and I've played some, and I went back to some from from soft games but no, uh, yeah you i'll never need, touch that one you'll never touch it no you don't need to so final thought director one of the directors of Sekiro also worked on Wo long which we talked about earlier this year and i i again i'm just doubling down on what i said earlier Wo long feels like Sekiro but fixed it feels like easier Sekiro, nicer Sekiro, more playable Sekiro. if you like Sekiro, Wo long is just better Sekiro. the only thing that's worse about Wo long no grappling hook and that is to be fair is is a loss i like the grappling hook but other than that everything that Sekiro does wolong does better and i think it's a better fucking game because it doesn't hate you as much so i would say that just kind of a, a mini tangent is that what i think wolong even though i didn't you know i don't love super super difficult for difficult to sake games yeah. but i did enjoy some of my time with wolong we talked about it in the show yeah and i was like kind of doing well for a while because i found a way to like upgrade my character yeah 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 um and then you know i beat the first boss wait did i beat the first boss you did not beat the first i boss. did not beat the first boss that's why i got i was like super yes strong before i got to him and then he had that two forms or whatever 
even if I did, I don't know. Like you said, it got easier after that. It's kind of silly. But the point is, I enjoyed that more because even in the first outing and the first kind of beginning of that game, there was just the potential for me to do things a little differently. And I think that, you know, there's something left over from the arcade games, which we kind of talked about, uh, where difficulty for difficulty's sake, you know, was born because they didn't want people to beat arcade games. They wanted them to feed quarters into it. There is like that level that still shows up in some games where it's like, we called it earlier, get good. But I think it's just kind of, it's a, hey, do this this way exactly. And if you don't, you lose. Yeah. But an open world game, obviously why like RPGs, games where you can kind of futz around and do things how you want to, I just think is the more modern approach, the more for me personally, the way I want to play games, because I, again, grew up with the game where if you do this, you die. And it just was so frustrating to me. I don't want frustration in my experiences. I want open-endedness. I want like, yeah, difficult things, but me able to do it different ways. Yeah. So that's yeah. really what it comes down to. And that's why I enjoyed Elden Ring. And that's why I beat that fucking game. Yeah. Because yeah. I beat it and I beat different bosses in different ways. And I didn't do exactly what everybody else did. So I think that's really what it comes down to is, is Sekiro sounds like that other version which is like we'll do this and parry this exact way so that you don't die yeah Um, and that's exactly what i don't enjoy yeah i mean i agree they came so close to doing an all-time classic but they just they took away too many options and i feel like they really are are catering to a very 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 specific uh section of their of their player base who can parry and it's no big deal to them whereas it's a big deal to other people so that's disappointing and also uh, like you said i mean wolong is great but it's big sin is the very first boss in the game is also like basically the hardest boss in the game, which doesn't make any sense. So that sucks. But if you can get past that boss, I think Wolong is ultimately a better Sekiro experience than Sekiro is. And I don't recommend Sekiro and I fucking hate Sekiro. <laughs> and now I'm trapped in Sekiro. So. Well, you don't have to be. I'm, we're going to no, have to dude. have like a counseling session. It's every already, episode. It, I, it's already bothered me for years, dude. It's already, it's I've, I've carried this burden for years. I need this to get off my chest, man. I have to. You could like watch the ending on YouTube. I already did. I already oh, you did. already did. You know what happened. I already know what happens. And you I still don't do care. I got to do it. I got to do it. I understand because I did go back to a game that I'll talk about at the end of the show. So I get it. Oh, fucking trash. Let's All right, move moving on. on. Moving yes. on. Planet of Lana. This is a very highly anticipated 2D platformer, sci-fi, I guess, ish kind of thing. Yeah. Um, kind of reminds uh, me a little bit of uh, not well. I mean, I inside, I guess. Also, Limbo, Limbo a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the whole 2D it's kind, kind of, of that of whole narrative slash platformy slash puzzle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I did play a bit of this, but I think you probably played more than I did. Planet of Lana. Uh, at the time that we're recording, it's still an embargo, so we're going to delay record or we're going to delay release by one day, so we can release this uh, after embargo and not get in trouble. But for now, we're free to talk about it. Carlos, why don't you uh, fill us in on Planet of Lana? Well, I originally saw it on an Xbox showcase. It's I think exclusive to Xbox on console. I want to say it's on Steam too. Okay, or it's coming out on Steam, but I don't think it's going to PlayStation. So I was like, you know, I always want to like root for xbox and say hey if you have a new indie game or something i can't play on playstation i'll check it out mm-hmm. <clears throat> so i saw it in a showcase i think of theirs because they were touting as like having makes it sense first sure. you know uh by the way also publishers thunderful which we like i think we yeah just, yeah we love thunderful yeah yeah, yeah. uh developer someone else wishfully so i've never heard of them but uh yeah the, the way that it looked is beautiful kind of the idea of like a 2d um you know lush environments uh I don't know if you say cartoony, but 
um, yeah, just beautiful looking style. And you play as a girl who is in a town that gets basically overrun by robots and robots do kind of this invasion. Yeah, yeah, that was the trailer, and that's really a kind of exciting idea. Of like, and it's like a fantasy; like you're not on Earth or something. This is not a regular town. It's like fantasy. No, it's like a nature world. Nature and, world, yeah, yeah, and all these like kind of old school, uh, like little town kind of vibe. Yeah, uh, yeah, fishing town or something. And then yeah, these robots show up, and you're like, whoa, that's kind of a weird juxtaposition. These people in the small little fishing town on another planet, uh, yeah, get kind of invaded. So that's that's it. And what the game is, it's kind of like a left to right. Um, solve puzzles and jump and platform kind of game. Mm-hmm. But the hook is that at some point you meet a little creature you do? and the creature is again, what they showed off in the trailer. It seems really cool and cute. And that creature you can control and basically tell the creature to go do things to help you with puzzles. Yeah. Your puzzle buddy, your puzzle buddy. Yes. Uh, and that's the main, one of the main reasons I don't really care for this game. <laughs> oh, no. And I thought, you know, you watch the trailer. Trailers are convincing. They set a mood. And I do like all the things I just said, which is I like the mood of uh, the story setup. And yeah. the idea. And the trailer's great. The trailer sold me as well. Yeah, exactly. So, But when you actually get down to the gameplay, um, and this comes up in our podcast all the time, there are certain uh, genres of game that I'm done with. Mm-hmm. I'm done with mm-hmm. forever. So mm-hmm. fighting games is one. I will never play another fighting game ever in my life. Uh, and that's just what I know to be true. <laughs> and I will, uh, and I don't generally like games where you instant die, which I just played uh, Bramble. Yes. I think they did enough new things in that game and it didn't always be left to right, right? That game is kind of like towards the screen and back towards the screen and you're running, and now that's a now it's a detective game, and it's kind of like a uh, it pauses for a minute, you know. Yeah. And there's not just puzzles; it's like uh, story elements. I think that thing does enough that I like it, mm-hmm. even though it does that Dragon's Lair thing, which is like you do the wrong thing and you're dead. Uh, so Planet Alana does the same thing, and I, you know, Limbo and Inside did too, but uh, enough pushed me through um, at least Inside to finish that game. Uh, I think I beat Limbo too, but inside I really enjoyed that I beat that game. I like the mm-hmm. ending. Yeah. So that's this kind of game. And you would think like, okay, I've done it before. But now after playing Planet Alana, I think I'm done with this genre now too. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to do a puzzle where if I do the puzzle wrong, an enemy comes swarming at me and I'm dead. And then I got to do that whole puzzle all over again. Yeah. And then sometimes I just get stuck like straight up. I'm a dummy. Yeah, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. You got me. All right, video game developers, you got me. I'm dumb. I don't know games. And here's what it does. Here's my tangent. It makes these kind of games make me go like, oh, I don't know games at all. Maybe I'm just like missing some brain cells. Have I never played a game? Have I never played video games? Yeah. Oh, brain cells with a Z. Check it out. Um, Yeah, I just feel bad about myself. And I go, I don't get it. Or when I do get it, I even though I got it, the timing was off. So when I'm, I'm talking esoterically, but like when a monster is around, it's an instant killer that finds you, right? Yeah. It could be a monster, monster, or it could be a robot. Yeah. And either one of them, you're instantly dead. And so I've done so many things where I'm like, oh, I get it now. And so I get ready to do the puzzle, but it's also based on timing. Yeah. So then the robot or the monster or something else comes and just eats my head off. So. I don't ever want to play a game like this ever again. I don't think ever. 
Hmm. And it's weird because I really like the art style. I was wooed by the trailer like you. Yeah. But when it came into actual doing it, and I played what? Two hours maybe? Okay. It's a long time. I beat I got to the title screen, you know, I, I got mean, you, past you the probably saw screen. at least like a third of the game with that I, with that much really? time invested. Okay. Yeah. It's like a, between between four to six hours, I believe. I just got to another puzzle where the switch and I was like, I don't want to do this switch puzzle. And I couldn't figure out if where the guy was supposed to go with my little helper buddy. And then I died by a monster, a robot. And yeah. I was like, Oh, I don't want to do that. So am I am I wrong in thinking that that's how it makes you feel? I did I just yeah. It's uh, so okay. This is key. Everything you said, um, I'm on board. I'm on board. I understand. I feel the same. And I think you kind of put it in different terms, but basically you're saying the exact same thing that I was thinking. Um, okay, so yes, I I agree with everything you said. Uh, I don't think that I want to play any more of these either. Okay. Um, okay. But but let me let me caveat that by saying. I don't want to play any more of these where they're not really bringing enough new content to the table. Like I can't say that I'm never going to play another one of these ever for my life, but I feel like there is a certain basket where they're like, this is one of those. And that's what it is. This feels to me very much like it is not pushing anything forward. It's not bringing a lot of new ideas. The theming of like being in a peaceful town and then robots slash monsters slash aliens slash bad guys show up has been done to death um the 2d approach with the puzzles has been done to death like everything i played here and i played about two hours ish or so as well um i I just felt like i was i had already played it almost like i've played so many of these Mm -hmm. it just didn't feel different enough to me even though you've got the little helper buddy that just didn't really add enough to me it just it felt like very safe very um predictable very no surprises right and Granted, I didn't finish it, but I didn't feel compelled to finish it. So where this game succeeds is I think the music is great. I think the backgrounds are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I think the character designs are really boring and unappealing. Um, I didn't care for my main character very much. I didn't care for the animals. I didn't care for my helper buddy. I felt like it was really basic and kind of dull. Like the the, the character appeal that might hook me um, didn't hook me. And I didn't really feel very strongly about this character. And that, but that, that point's important though, because that's how I got through inside. Because yeah. I cared enough about the main character. I cared about the, the overarching story. Yeah. And yeah. the weirdness of it, because it yeah. added this kind of like Lynchian thing. You know? Yeah. Like you wanted to know what was happening. Yeah. And in this game, I already feel like I already know what's happening. Like I already, I'm sure there's surprises. I'm not saying I know the whole thing, but like I wasn't intrigued to find out. I'm like, okay, another peaceful village getting overrun by bad okay get it i get it and then you're like finding your missing sibling or mom or brother or pet I get, okay i get it like it's it's very by the numbers right um i feel like there's probably 10 or 15 games that are just like this one um with little variation and so it wasn't if there was some trick card up its sleeve it wasn't showing it quickly enough and i wasn't in you know what i'm saying yeah 100%. um i feel like this the controls are were not super sluggish like we're not talking old school jordan meshner like prince of persia delay but there was still some delay that there I don't was. Think, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because that was the only other thing was yeah. like grabbing on ledges and stuff. Yeah, felt like it was off. Uh, yeah, it's that old weird like I uh, rotoscoping animation delay thing that was like a problem back in the day, but we shouldn't really have to deal with that anymore. So that was kind of an issue for me, and I just it just 
it's not a bad game. Like it's not committing any sins, but I feel like for you and me, especially since we go through so many games, if I've already played 15 of these, I don't need to play 16. And I feel like if I was a new player, if I had never played inside, if I had mm-hmm. never played limbo, if I had never played any of the 15 other games that are just like this, I'd be like, Oh yeah, this was great. I liked it. It was really cool. Um, but like I've, I've been around long enough. I played the original Prince of Persia. I played all those ones from that era. I played inside. I played everything that's been since then and this one just doesn't bring enough new to the table for me but if you were like a like i just said a new player if you're a younger player somebody who is just getting into games or you don't you're not familiar with the style good choice i think it's a good choice but for us i think i'm kind of done with it that's a good point yeah people who've never played it younger people too going like wow a side-scrolling game that's like an adventure and, and you've got a friend and rescue your sister and stuff yeah. cool i'm in but like i've done that a, a thousand times dude so. i agree but then there's one last thing i'll say negative okay. about it because sure. of that um weird kind of like ledge ledge pause yeah. or whatever yeah. it's called like a, a time delay between when you can uh, grab something or you miss it or and this is the worst the animation of actually just getting up onto a ledge. Yeah, yeah. It's too slow. And so what happened is very early on, there's that monster who tries to charge at you and you've mm. got to learn that you've got to Oh, dude, jump. I died at that so many I times. I died it so many times. I died at it so many times. And yes. then when you finally figure it out, he's got to run and hit his head and get dizzy. Even that's off because when you jump on the ledge, he still gets you sometimes. Yeah, you got to jump like not, so far ahead of time. It does, it it's work. not natural. Yeah. So that's yeah. wrong. Like that is a, a failing, I guess. Because yeah, I agree. So and that started showing up again later when I was playing it, like hour two, and I was like, oh no 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 no, I, I can't do this, and then also have fight a control, you know. Yeah, so. it's an interesting decision, and I think a wrong one. I agree with you that 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 may have had to have happened back in the day when Jordan Meshner was doing rotoscope animation for a style of game that didn't exist at that time. Like Forgiven, your sin is forgiven. Yeah. But we're not there anymore and i expect tighter controls yes. to not have to jump 30 seconds before i actually need to jump yeah you know that's I mean? prince of persia old school man yeah that was yeah it was frustrating so this was a miss for me this was a miss that's uh disappointing but i did yep. not care for this one so same all right let me talk about a game that i actually think is great and i love dark quest 3 i think it's probably what? in the running for most generic title of this year you always Dark surprise Quest. me too. Dark Quest Three. I'm writing this in. Wait, oh. is it on the Switch? It is on the Switch. It's is it also only on the Switch. No, no, it's on Xbox, PlayStation, PC. I think it's on everything. Oh, okay. I think it's on mobile too. I believe. I'm listening. Yeah. So, um, so this is the sequel to Dark Quest Two, uh, which came out a couple years ago, and I love Dark Quest Two. I thought it was really good as well. Did you play it's Dark just- Quest One? I never played Dark. Uh, did I? Wait, did I? It's two ninety nine on Steam. I think it was mobile only. No, oh, you know what? I did, and I didn't like it. I think it was too rough. Was oh, too I rough. think he's like he figured it out. They figured it out. They figured it out by number yeah. two. Um, but Dark Quest two is different than Dark Quest one. Dark Quest three is different than Dark Quest two. What is Dark Quest three? So it is a roguelike turn based RPG uh, game where you okay. So like, what this is the easiest way to explain this. This is like. Dungeons and Dragons, the tabletop game, played at fucking light speed, like as fast as you could possibly go. So, like, there's a DM in the game. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of like Hand of Fate or something like that, where you are kind of playing against like the the evil guy across the table from you. Mm. Um, you pick a a group of four characters. I think the basic starting group is like dwarf, barbarian, magic user, and arrow shooter. That's not the right word. <laughs> 
Arrow shooter is a hundred. Arrow shooter. Right it could be arrow shooter. It the guy who not. has the arrows and shoots shoots the arrows. That guy. The archer. The archer. Thank you. Yes. I'm going with arrow shooter. And by the way, that is the name of the podcast. I was waiting. <laughs> I think arrow shooter is the. Podcast P arrow name. could also work though. I think P arrow was pretty good. Uh, arrow shooters. Arrow shooter. So ridiculous. Anyway, so what happens is. You you pick these things, but like the game's presentation is this, as if you were looking at a a board, kind of. The art is kind of static. You just have like um like let's say you go to the 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 mushroom world. You're not in a world like it's like there's mushrooms on the screen, but you're still looking at like a play field, uh, of like a little place where choices happen. Um, it's it's like a really stylized tabletop. So you're not you're not in a world. It's not 3D. You're not going on like an adventure. You're not ca- taking characters through anything. It's like you draw a card. There's cards in the left-hand corner of the screen. You draw a card, and the card will say, oh, it's a river. Do you want to cross it, or do you want to go around the other way, A or B? And you choose one, and if you say cross it, okay, roll, and then you roll the dice. And it's like one, two, three is you drown, and four, five, six is uh, you make it no problem, and seven, eight, nine is you caught a fish on the way out, and you get a plus one health or something like that, right? So like every choice you do in the game is like you draw a card, they give you a choice, run fight hide search whatever like all your typical D choices and then you got to roll and it depends on which person it's all randomized it's all randomized like when you draw a card it'll be like uh barbarian you have to get across a river and the next one it'll be there's a trap wizard what do you do like you don't get to choose right so you can't always choose the strongest guy for the strength challenges or the smartest guy for the smart challenges like it's it kind of randomizes right mm-hmm. um and so you just roll the dice all the time and then they give you the choice and you can see what your choices are it's all laid out for you. So basically, you're drawing cards that are that are situations. You choose what you want to do. You roll the dice, and you move forward. Like that's it. Super simple, super straightforward. It feels like you're playing D and D at hyper light speed, like with boosters strapped onto you. So like you're just going through and going through and going through as fast as you can. Every time you win a battle, you get to upgrade one of your characters. Sometimes random, sometimes not. Um, but like each character has like a basic three attacks, and so you can upgrade their basic attack, uh, their ma- their their ability. Or like some passive thing. So for example, you start with a wizard and the wizard's got this really great spell where he hits uh, three people with like random damage, which is really helpful because you're often up against mobs, right? So like if you win a couple battles and you buff up the wizard's uh, lightning spell, then that helps you get a lot further and you can get more treasure and get further in. But you can do that with the archer. You can do that with barbarian. Whichever character you like, like find some attacks that work for you. Every time you win a battle, buff that character. It kind of keeps you going. You get as far as you can get and that's the game. Um, you, I haven't beat it yet. I've gotten pretty close, but not quite yet. Uh, the, every ability you get is randomized and it's also roguelike. So like when you get to the end of a run and you go back to the beginning of the run, all your guys are back down to zero, but there is progression. Uh, you collect certain resources and you can upgrade each level. So like, for example, in the starting level, you pay for some of the upgrades. You'll get like plus three healing potions at the beginning. And you'll also get like a better attack card. And if you want to upgrade some of the other areas, like the mushroom forest or the the cemetery or the lava pits or whatever, you can upgrade each one of those to make it easier for you when you get back to it the next time. So even though your characters are, are, are set back to zero in roguelike fashion, the game world is not set back to roguelike, zero roguelike, right? So you can eventually you'll have all the upgrades all the abilities, all of the bonuses that you can get. And in, in addition, you can unlock extra characters and some of the extra characters have really cool abilities. So um, once you get a couple more unlocked, you can mix and match your party a little bit more. Um, it's simple. It's really streamlined. It's really straightforward. Um, 
But that's beautiful about it because I think it works really well. I feel like these people exactly know what they're going for. They've got all their systems in place. Um, you know, it's lacking some bells and whistles. It could use a little bit more polish, but I think the core of what they're doing is absolutely on target. I think they, they did a great formula. It's really fun to play in short bursts. I think it's a great example of a super fast light speed roguelike. And I love this game. I think Dark Quest is the shit, dude. I think it's really fun. Wow. Okay, so I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but one, I'll say in a positive sense, I do like the art style. It is cool art, yes. It's like it is like moving around little miniatures and the way yes. they do the animation. Yes. I like a lot of things you just said. Um, I like some of the world progression stuff and the card system. The thing I don't like is the resetting to zero when you're playing a D and D game. Yeah. Because I knew that as soon as it said roguelike or roguelite or whatever the fuck. Uh, it was going to have that kind of, you know, stuff. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent on our very, very long episode, but why developers do even make it roguelike at this point? Because, yeah, you're going to do runs, but wouldn't it be interesting if it's all random anyhow to just do a bunch of runs and not have to worry about being zero and just having things you've, like, progressed over that run? Yeah. It's just weird that they would reset because it's heroes. And in an RPG game like this, you would think, like, You'd want them to level up, you know? You That's know, my I only caveat that I'm afraid of. I mean, I, I agree with you, but I think in this particular case, and sometimes I agree with you, sometimes I don't. In this particular case, I thought the exact same thing you did. But then as I went through it a couple more times, I think what they're going for is the world gets easier as you go. But also with the with the characters, every time you make a run, like you're getting different, um, you're getting like different equipment you can put in your guys. But like... For example, I'm doing like a wizard run. So like every time I get an upgrade, I give it to the wizard. So like he becomes like the cornerstone of that team. And whether I make it or I don't, and I get back, I set, get back, set back to the beginning. And then it's like, okay, well, today I'm doing a barbarian run and I'm going to focus everything on the barbarian and he's going to be the backbone of my team. Like it kind of like you can't power everybody up all the way. There's not enough upgrades in a run. So like you got to focus. And so it's kind of like you're playing with team composition like every single time where it's like, do I want the archer to be the backbone of my team? And who's going to be the support? Like I find that in my games, I can really only have like one real strong character and one halfway strong character. And then two that are like lagging behind because I just don't have enough experience to go around. And I think that's intentional, right? Like, I think that's where the, the tension of the game comes from, where if you've made the right choices and you've got the right character build, the team will carry through and you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But I think that in itself is really kind of what they're going for. Not necessarily that you have the persistent progression, because I'll say that if you had, the wizard maxed out. Like if I did two wizard runs and he was maxed out and he stayed maxed out, this game would be like a complete cakewalk, dude. Like you would like steamroll everybody because you're a really well-built character gets really OP. And so that's the fun of it is like getting them to the OP stage and then like they're carrying the whole team, you know? Interesting. It's 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 a it's a flavor, it's a mood, it's a vibe. Um, but I think that it really works. It worked here really well, and I think it worked in Dark Quest 2 really well. Um these guys are really clever. I don't know anybody else that's ever played their games. I don't know anybody else that knows about their games, but I think Dark Quest 2 is great. And I think Dark Quest 3, different, but also great. I'm having the best time with it. I play it for like 15, 20 minutes a day, one or two runs, and I'm good. And I come back to it, and it's just the perfect pick up and play. It's amazing. I have tangents on the ideas of roguelikes and roguelites, which we'll bring to another episode. But for the positive ending for this review, I'll say I'm going to check it out because I don't want to, like, you know, prejudge it. Uh, and it's super cheap. Was it like um, two bucks, three bucks, or it's something? On, well, okay. Uh, actually, th- this one is uh, nineteen dollars on Steam, uh, but the originals 
which I know you said I shouldn't go play maybe. But, Not number you know, one, but number two for sure. Number two, I think it was $8. Okay, that's a good price. Yeah. So I might start with two and see if I enjoy that concept. And then if I do, then I, I could go to three. Yeah. But these check are good. it out. I love these. Dark Quest three. That's a that's a hardcore win, man. I'm having a fun ass time with this game. Really check good. Check it out. Check it out. And for a final game of the show. That is not correct. To... It's not correct? <laughs> no, it is not. Oh. Okay. What, what do you we have Ghost Lore? Oh, we do. You forgot Ghost Lore. I'll say I'll say something about it really quickly. Yes. And then the final game final Wait, game. Ghost Lore is oh okay, okay. I didn't was that one of your surprise games? I guess. I told you before the show started. But. You did, and I forgot because we didn't talk. Okay, my bad, my bad. In the second to last game before the yes. show's over, Ghost Lore, which is currently on Game Pass, I believe. Yes, is that and that's why I played it? it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ghost Lore. I've not uh, re-upped my Game Pass, so it'll be expiring in four days or something. Well, make but, the most um, of it, my friend. I will make the most of it until uh, Starfield, probably, um, when I purchase it again. So, yeah, I thought I'd pick it up because this and another one came out. Uh, what's the other one? I know the one you're talking about. They're yep. both similar. They are, they are similar. both um, Asian-themed yeah, martial arts, Asian. yep. supernatural. I forget what the other one is. I downloaded them both. Oh, the other one's about... more Castlevania or uh, Metroidvania. I think so, yeah, yeah. I think so. But this we're talking about Ghost Lore. Ghost Lore, L-O-R-E, and it's uh, Diablo, like an action RPG hmm. Diablo 2 okay. game. Okay, okay. Uh, Titan Quest, Diablo 2, that world. Okay. And so that already got me interested. I'm interested. In quotes free if I had Game Pass. So why not? Yes, why not? It is also early access, though. I did see that, yes. So you might go running screening from that. Um, So it's not done. And you can tell that it's not done. There's a lot to like here, but there's a lot of questions. And you're like, wait, what's this do? And why is that that way? And I don't know if this feels right. Um, So you can tell that it's not kind of done in a way. The procedurally generated maps are also a thing, which I don't care for. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I do, but in this one, there's these really massive maps, and you are just like, you know, having fun doing Diablo 2 stuff and upgrading and finding loot, but it sometimes just feels like it's meandering, you know, because it's it's not really like a design map. Right, like you're kind of just getting through a dead zone that the AI put together, and there's yeah. nothing really happening there. Yeah, yeah and you yeah, get to yeah. the end of it, and you're like, I don't, I didn't need to go down this. This road. is nothing. It's yeah. a dead end. But not, okay, so gotcha. I think this is the is an example of where I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, uh, man, oh man, the, the the gameplay is fun. Like the moment to moment gameplay is really fun. You have a lot of different characters you can choose from, and the one I did, um, and the skill tree kind of that I'm focusing on is I can turn into a were beast. Okay. Um, it makes it it makes almost any little moment fun because if you have enough like whatever mana it needs, you can use it, and then you use it for a time being and whatever, and then you know it just literally gets you out of a bind. Yeah. Um, yeah. The skill tree itself, all it it's it's just cumbersome. There's all these seals you have like or glyphs. They're called glyphs, mm-hmm. and you can place them in places that have openings. And if they're not open, they're locked, and you have to unlock them by upgrading yourself. So, like, you can place different ones, and each one is, like, 5% attack speed, you know, or 5 whatever, like, teeny little incremental increases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gets cumbersome, and it's a little messy. Are you talking, like, plus 1 attack or something, or plus 5% or some shit like that? Yeah, or, like, minus 20 this. And it just, it's, like, so much to keep track of that I don't care, and, like, so I think that that's the, the inventory and the kind of upgrading tree, it's just messy and kind of cumbersome. Mm-hmm. But again, the moment to moment gameplay is really fun and you find these little hub towns. And when you go to the hub towns, you can do all the things you would normally do upgrade, blah, blah, blah. 
and there's like fucking ton of loot. Like it's just a loot game. You know, it's um, it almost feels like Vampire Survivors, mm-hmm. where that's what this game is. It's like a Diablo two meets Vampire Survivors. It gets real crazy. There's a million pieces of loot. But so much of the time, I feel like I'm um, running out of room in my inventory. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of a, point, a pain because I find like this really amazing thing and I've got to go do things on the fly, uh, delete shit, you know, drop stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's a great step forward. Um, I agree with the Steam reviews of mostly positive. It's like, yeah, this has got some legs on it. Uh, really fun, really interesting. The East, you know, Asian kind of like influence is also cool. And like, I think that really uh, is about the character design and the kind of mythical beasts, you know, I, I uh, turn into. Uh, and they call it 90s retro graphics. You know, it's got that pixelated Diablo 2 look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think overall it just works. Like, uh, again, it, the, low, the barrier at entry was pretty low uh, being on Game Pass, but... I had a good time with it. I just got a little frustrated with the cumbersome inventory and the fact that the upgrading just felt kind of confusing to me. Yeah, but early access, so there's still plenty of time for them to work on it, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it's a great step forward. It feels like an old 90s Diablo 2 game, and if you're in the mood for that, that's what it is. Uh, but yet with some different kind of influences, you know, and different kind of mythical, uh, I think it's Chinese kind of um, story and stuff like that, so... Huh, well, you know, you really sold me on this one. I downloaded it, but I didn't um, try it yet. And I, I have to be honest, it wasn't really at the top of my queue. I was like, oh, you know, Game Pass, I'll download it so I'll remember to play it later. But I wasn't going to get around to it. But hearing you talk about it, you know, despite the rough edges with the uh, the upgrades and whatever, the, the cumbersomeness of it. Uh, I don't know. It sounds interesting. And I, I think that maybe I will uh, give that a shot later today. You have uh, you've kind of sold me on this one. I think I should have because I just remembered one more other thing as I'm looking at the Steam page. You can uh, have companions, too. Oh, nice. Okay. And it really, uh, and I didn't even know anything about this game. You know, I didn't even look. So it's when I went in, I was somewhere and the person was like, hey, do you want me to come with you? You know, I only cost like so much gold or something. I was (laughs) like, yeah, okay, yeah, do that. And then they didn't die like right away. And I was like, oh, you're like a helpful companion. So that was really cool. And yeah, I just, it's a very addictive game. It feels like a a Vampire Survivors in that way. This sounds fun to me. Okay, cool. I'm glad I downloaded this. And I didn't get a lot of that sense from looking at the screenshots, but I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to check this out. But I'm glad you took the dive because this is all, you're checking all the boxes for me. So this definitely sounds like something I'm going to give a shot to today. Cool. So, right and on, they call right it East on. Punk. New, new, new term. East, East Punk. Punk. Okay, yeah. East Punk. All right, I'm down. I'm down. Sounds good. That sounds like a tentative early access win. I think so. I'm, I'm still playing it. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, good. Good. Shit, I'm going to... I need more time to play this Whoa, game. Oh, and it was a surprise. We were going to forget it. I'm glad. Oh, man. I'm glad, you, glad we didn't forget it. Good job. Good job. Okay. Now the final. Yes. Yes. Hour final three. game of the show in hour three. Dead Island 2. Never thought we'd be talking about this game again. You have surprised me. Uh, we talked about it when it first dropped, and you were not positive at all on this one. Um, I did not take the plunge because uh, PR did not send us one. We, we talked at length about game critics relationship with dead island you can go back to that episode hear about it uh i don't know that this is even on my radar to play the rest of the year i've got too much stuff lined up but you played it bounced you went to go play dead island number one and then something happened there and then now you're back to dead island two and i'm surprised so i guess tell us about this emotional journey you went on carlos yeah the journey started with what i texted you at right at the end of that episode, I said Dead Island 1 is on PlayStation. It's like three bucks. For $3. Great price. Great game. Great price. Great game. Definitive edition means like all the DLC. 
Man. Which you had said you didn't like it, but I remembered when I went back to Dino One, which started this journey, mm. I didn't play the, I don't think, the DLC. Oh, I hate it. I, I, all the DLC was not great for okay, me. Okay, well, like either it. way, it's there. And, but either way, it doesn't matter. Um, I did beat it the first time, the, you know, the very first game. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. going back to it, having played Dead Island 2 and, and bouncing and being so frustrated with some of the things, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, I wish we were like, okay, let me see the level scaling if it's just as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it does the same level scaling, which is crazy because I didn't remember it doing that. I didn't remember it either. But by going back, I remembered it because as, as soon as I leveled up, the enemies did too. Maybe like one level underneath me or something. Sure, sure. Um, but the immediate thing I saw, which I is a con for Dead Island 2, is Dead Island 1 is much faster. Is it really? It's okay. so fast. Just like you were like, you learned new things about Sekiro going back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking fast, and that's what makes it good. I think I texted you when I started playing it going like, I never want to stop playing this game. <laughs> it's so addictive because the hook is two things. One, it's fast as shit, meaning your character's fast, you run fast, you can jump and slide, and it feels good. And when you swing, even if you're, you know, different weapons swing different speeds and stuff, all of them swing pretty fast. Um, And then on top of that, there's vehicles in one. There's not vehicles in two. I don't remember that. What were the vehicles? They're all everywhere. They're cars or trucks. Yeah, everything. And you get in them and they're fast. (laughs) And they hit and they hit zombies. And there's like achievements for hitting zombies. I, I should like go back and play motion. it again, dude. Because I remember so loving it. Fucking good. I remember loving it back in the I'm day. I'm like, dude. by the way, after I beat two, I'm going back to one to to beat it again, so that I can get to the DLC and see if I think differently about them than you yeah, do. Yeah. But my point is, one got me to go back to two because one is, I think, a better game. I, that's it. Shots fired. Even I though mean, I, truth. It's, I, it's just, from I the, just beat two, so I can say it. Yeah, you know what well, I mean? it's, from, it's from the Dying Light developers. That was what they did before they did Dying Light, and Dying Light is great, so it makes sense that the original would be a great game. It's a very fucking good game. And the other thing they do, besides it being faster and vehicles, which I can't believe two doesn't have, and, and two has a bigger open world, um, it does the addictive property where like, I get something, I upgrade it, uh, I finish a side quest, I get something from that side quest I like, and there's a million side quests, and they all just kind of like, I don't know, they're like the carrot in front of you. Mm-hmm. And they all like work. Like it just seems like it's easy to finish them. I do a million little side missions. The map is not huge at all. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I like that. It's like I'm staying in all in this area. I'm doing, a, I'm finding that super teddy bear. Okay, did it, got XP. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I got some, uh, you know, there's those endless quests they do. Sure, sure, sure. Feed a bunch of water, keep getting XP. Uh, I just feel like I'm, I can level when I want to. Uh, my enemy. I think I don't know if the weapons break. I forgot if they. I do think they or do not. break. I think they do. Yeah, but either way, I I don't feel like that's a limiting factor. I have enough weapons that I like. Um, I don't know, but for something about it, and you can't put your finger on it. Sometimes it's just a developer special sauce. It's addictive. Like oh it, yeah, dude. You just want to keep playing. I it oh, was like yeah. one in the morning, and I was like. Oh, this game's fucking great. Yeah, Dead Island number one. It was literally our game of the year the year it came out, dude. That was a great fucking game. We it's all addictive. loved it. Yeah, it we loved it. It still is. It still yeah. is. So when I, okay, so it made me want to go back to two and beat it so I can say that, you know, definitively what the differences were. And so any any you get in that mode, you know, first person, zombies, you know, you want to beat a story. Um, so I went back. I have a list of new cons, <laughs> if you can believe it or not. But I'll say a couple of pros as well. And so, okay, the short answer is Dead Island 1 made me go back to 2 
and notice that Dead Island 1 is still better. Okay. Dead Island 2 has a lot of good things going for it. Uh, the graphics are obviously like phenomenal. And it's just, it's a little jarring to go back to one because they're like, you know, wildly different graphics. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and I like the worlds that Dead Island 2 builds, you know, the LA, Hollywood scenarios, the movie sets, the characters, everything feels like upgraded. Um, and so it looks and feels really good. But the gameplay, you're 100% slow. Like if you play one, then go back to two. Wow. You're in molasses. You're walking mm. around in molasses. You, your slide is nothing. There's actually a skill that says if you slide and kill something, you know, you get a bonus. Good luck doing that. I don't see anybody slide and killing anything in, that, in Dead Island 2. <laughs> Too slow? You're in tar. <laughs> you're sli- it's a tar slide. Tar slide's a good name for that. Tar slide is a pretty good one. Um, so anyways, you, you know, you're moving slow. Your weapons, here's the other thing it does wrong. I feel like everything weapon-wise is pretty much the same speed in Dead Island 1. And for some reason in 2, based on what you've done or upgraded it, it will slow your speed but increase your damage. You know, mm. or a weapon is a hammer, so it's super slow. Nothing should be slow in a zombie game when you're getting just swarmed, right? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't make sense for the gameplay. So it just leads to frustration. That sucks. The other big thing that I remembered from going from one to two is, and I mentioned it before, but the immunity, certain zombies are immune to things. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that, yeah. Nope. No, we don't need that in a zombie game. It's Pokemon. I figured it out. By beating two, I figured it out. It's water beats fire. And and poison beats fire, you know, water or something. It's like you can upgrade your weapons with different values, like a water value or a fire value or a bleed value. And if you hit certain things, zombies, and they're immune to it, you can't hurt them. So you're stuck with like the grass Pokemon and you're fighting all the, the fire yes. zombies, basically. It's Pokemon zombie. Zombie Pokemon is also a good name for podcasts. It's bullshit. And it doesn't need to exist. I have a clip of me hitting a zombie with a fucking hammer and it does nothing for 10 minutes. Like, I just wanted to see. Like, if I just keep hitting the zombie mm-hmm. with this <laughs> green hammer and it's a fucking blue zombie, right. it'll die at some point. It's a fucking hammer. Oh, man, I'm animated. I'm just thinking about it again. It didn't do anything. The zombie's fine. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah so that fuck sucks. that. Total immunity doesn't make any sense. It doesn't least, make any sense. At least reduce damage. And then there's other ones where like you have to hit it in the legs or the head. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, like there's so many levels where I was like, I don't, yeah. And then the other idea, here's something that's fucked. Uh, waves of enemies, and you have to beat all the waves of enemies before you can progress, you know? And if you die, you have to start over again. That kind of a thing. Yeah. In Dead Island 2... I don't know if it's different in one, but there's not a lot of those moments, I don't think. But in Dead Island 2, if you die and you start all over again, all your ammo and all your health kits are gone. But the enemies come back? But the enemies come back. That is the most fucked up, stupid decision in any any game ever. In any game ever. Dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, it's stupid. Some games do that, and when I do that, I, I automatically know... Those developers don't know what they're doing. That is a huge mistake. They don't. I don't think these developers know what they're doing on a lot of these things. Pokemon immunity, dumb. Uh, all your stuff's uh, they're reset, but your but stuff is depleted. Reset. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I I got like to the last guy. You know what I mean? That bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I almost threw the controller, dude. Like I was like, no, no, I beat the, the I beat the whole stage except that one guy. Right. But now I have to do the whole stage again, and I have none of the ammo. 
and all your um, weapons. I mean, yeah, your weapons are like worn down, and you yep. know, in fact, now yep. like, oh man, any game where it does like that—that's a serious problem. Like they need to not do that. Did that ha- did that happen in Dead Island One, where like your weapons would be worn down? But the I just boss feel like everything back? is more fair in one. Like my, the chances or the 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 things they put up you, at, at you doesn't feel cheap. And mm. I think there's a ton of stuff in two that feels cheap. Yeah. Um, and I, I was going to write this down too. Like, uh, and this happened in our podcast today. Too many games within a game. I want to play the game and the story and get to the end of it. But there's these little puzzle games in the game. You know, like, like little side missions or something. Or no, no, or like, 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 um, like the immunity thing, right? That's a oh, game within okay, a game. Yeah. Or like conserve your ammo for your gun because when you get to this one place you're gonna to need to use all the, so you have to think about that you know right like all these little like conditions within the larger situation yes. of the game, you're kind of like a little micromanaging and stuff and the yeah. micro it doesn't work none of it works and i feel like one doesn't have those it's like fucking hit things you know what i mean get in a car hit things that way um there's different weapons and i upgrade stuff but i just don't think about it it's just more mindless yeah um and so anyways there's a couple other cons i just want to say um Things like, uh, and these are to developers, just don't put these in games. There's a, you know, batteries and the power, everything's powered down. You mentioned the batteries last yeah, time, like yeah. battery dependence in this, in this well, area. Sometimes you have to pick up a battery and like you can't climb with the battery, so you have to throw it. You know what I mean? I think I mentioned that last time too. Because it's, it's like a car battery or something. Yeah, but you can't like hold it while you're walking on things and stuff. So I did that and I got to the end of the level and I dropped the battery somewhere. It reset the battery to put it back in the beginning. Ah, uh, that sucks. It yeah. doesn't even realistically make sense. It's a, re- you know, if you're trying to be realism, what, it just reset itself? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure they're trying to like, you know, reset so you don't get stuck without it. But if you're trying to get it somewhere and you have to throw it, you got to be real careful about when you reset that thing. You I knew where it was. I put it yeah. in the water. It's yeah. there with the water. Anyways, the other thing was near the end, there was like another locked door and I'm at the end of the game. And finally, my character just groaned because, again, if you're doing a joke about what you know is wrong, just don't do it. But the character sees another locked door and it's like literally the end of the game. And he just goes, (laughs) and he never does that in the whole game, but he did it at the end. And it was exactly how I was feeling. He just groaned for a long time. And I was like, yeah, just don't make another locked door like that's the other thing that I haven't noticed in one as much is like actually in one, you can bust down any door you want uh, with like this mechanic, you know? Mm-hmm. And then this one, it's just like a million power fuses, a million block doors. It's just the same fucking mini game inside this game ad nauseum. So um, just a more streamlined experience, something that, you know, logical that flows, something that doesn't stop you up for like for minimal gain. It doesn't sound like you're really benefiting anything from having to like throw the battery around or from having to like you know this zombie who's like completely immune i mean is it really improving your gameplay experience to have to go look for a blue axe to hit the red zombie or could you just you know minimal damage but but you're still doing damage right like like what is the benefit to making these choices and it seems like what you're finding is that their choices are not really adding anything to your experience merely just dragging it out or just causing you frustration and on top of that the guns always run out of ammo so when you finally get guns it feels fucking great right and then you are out of ammo and then in that scenario where i ran out of ammo and then it restarted i was like 
I have no weapons. Yeah, that is a, that's a real problem. That's and a I real upgraded my problem. gun to the best superior rare gun I have in the world. It has no ammo, so it's useless. So here's what I'm saying to developers: just well, especially for guns, could just make it unlimited ammo because I worked really hard at upgrading it. You know, I did all the your fucking uh, what's it called Sh- scraps. You know, oh, I did yeah, all that yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah, and and reward me the player to and have me have a good experience of killing zombies. Right, that's what the game is. It's mm-hmm. killing zombies. It's not frustrating running out of ammo game. And so I think here's the thing I'll end with. Near the end of the game, there's this awesome moment where I have all my guns. Luckily enough, I have enough ammo. And I'm just, what they did is, without a spoiler, they made all the enemies like one-tenth health. And interesting, okay? This is very interesting. I'm blowing through zombies because they made the enemies one tenth health for a reason. It's the yeah, end of the game, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I ha- I'm not worried about ammo, Brad. And I'm having a fucking blast. Right. And guess yeah. what? They pump in music, which I love when a game does that. They put in like a real song. And I'm blasting zombies, feeling good about myself. And I go, why wasn't this in the game? Yeah. You know, why wasn't this the game? Because, and that's my final thought. Why wasn't this the game? I don't want to fucking pick up a battery. I don't want to run out of ammo. I don't want to do Pokemon. I want this experience, motherfuckers. And you gave it to me, you dickheads. But at the end of the game, you know? And I think that's the worst crime. I feel like that's a disservice to players. I'm very angry, as you can tell, because it has so much goodness here. The graphics are amazing. And that moment near the end felt so fucking good. And you could have done that. You could have done that throughout the game. Drops well, the microphone. Drops the microphone. Into water away. and it clutchifies a zombie. <laughs> I mean, it just it just seems like uh, number one. I mean, this game had a really troubled development history. All the original developers left. Um, anybody that worked on Dead Island is no longer there, and it was stuck in 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 various modes. I think they built it and then tore it down and restarted at least twice. Um, so, I mean, definitely has problems. It seems like it finally came out and stuff, but. For, but, you know, my big takeaway from what you're telling me is that they maybe didn't really find the fun and instead were doing like these these obstacles or, or, or causing difficulty in a way that they may think adds challenge, but maybe it's not a good challenge or maybe adds some kind of barrier to get over. But it's not the kind of barrier that feels good to get over. Like, mm-hmm. it just seems to me like you're describing a lot of busy work and bad choices, um, which, you know, is is not surprising for a game that's had as much history as this one has. So. But but I'll add to that and say, and it's a good wording of how you said it, is, is and this is a pun intended, it's an infection in the industry, all right? This is what I really am getting to at the almost end of every episode of our podcast. It's an infection that is infected developers, which is, it's tied to get good. It's not necessarily that, but it's this game within a game, get good, um, this will make it more challenging or you know interesting in a way because yeah. it's not just straightforward. No, motherfuckers, make it straightforward. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. ton of us out there, and I'm speaking for all of us right now, who just want to play a fucking game, learn it, read us, you know, have a story, uh, fall in love and interesting characters, and you know, uh, inhabit this world you made. But we don't want to do the games within the fucking game. We don't want to get good. We want to have an experience. Uh, so I think that's the infection. It, it's in so many games that we play, and we're yeah. we're privileged and, and weird that we play 
every game, but because we do, we have perspective. And my perspective is this, as I stand upon my soapbox, is that <laughs> I think that is in uh, 50, 60% of games, it's in a fucking ton of them, this infection, which is let's build the system or systems within a game to fucking really challenge the player. I don't want that. I want a fucking story and a really good game that's fun to play. And that's that's my two cents. Yeah. Well, well, I think there's definitely um, new perspectives that are coming, not only because gaming is just getting wider in general. I mean, more and more people are playing games and not everybody is the get good, try hard kind of guy who is willing to pour six months into a boss because they want to just, you know, waggle their dick over it. But you know, there's also there's also age. There's also time. There's also so many other things we could be doing that if you're not getting the sufficient amount of fun from a game, it's real easy to turn on a movie, turn on a TV, get on some music and do something else. You know, like um, I, I feel like people who want challenge should have it. But I feel like also developers should be more willing to understand that there's a continuum and that developers who are able to incorporate that, I think, will ultimately do better. Um, you know, if, if I'm playing a game, whether it's dead Island or anything, if I want to put it on story mode and if, if all I really care about is getting from story beat to story beat, and I want to just like steamroll all the enemies in between, like that should be an option. Right. And if, if I want more challenge and I want color coded enemies that has parrying and I have half the health bar or whatever, that should be an option too. Like some people like that and I'm not taking that away from them, but whenever developers start getting too prescriptive, as we just talked about with Sekiro you're, you're cutting out people and you're also limiting the way that people want to play. And, you know, I don't want to really talk very much about like artistic intent and all that stuff. I feel like that's kind of a rabbit hole that mm, I don't know that I necessarily want to go down. I certainly don't want to go down right now, but, but regardless of artistic intent or not, I think ultimately if you want to be a successful game, successful developer to reach the most amount of people, you've got to be at least flexible somehow. And I think that in this particular case with Dead Island 2, if you were able to get rid of the, uh, immune zombies and just kind of, you know, if the battery worked a little bit better, if you're able to just power through, it sounds like you were pretty close to having a good time with it. Unfortunately, you didn't get there. So, well, and I, I finished it cause I want again, know, know what that story was like, but you know what you, you saying that the continuous kind of nature or the continuous, um, spectrum of how players yeah. are right. That brings up another point though. And kind of like to final thought it, um, Jerry Springer, RAP. Yeah. Um, is, you know, I think that if you see a really, if you're looking at Netflix and you see a really fucked up horror movie, uh, I like some horror, I like psychological horror, um, but I don't like super gory and I don't like super psychological and gory. You know, I have a very specific niche of how I like my horror movies, which we'll talk about in the last segment. Um, but if I see something I don't like, I'm not going to be like, hey, they should have made that movie differently, you know, because right, that's right. an artistic intent thing. But I will say this, if I give it a shot, and you know maybe there's something in it that I do like because the reason why it's super dark is there is a fucking reason, yeah. right? It, there's a, a reason at the ending. There's a reason at the character. They did that super dark thing for a reason. Uh, I feel like what's happening in games because it's a different medium and still weirdly enough kind of new. Like in Dead Island Two is a perfect example. They don't know why the fuck they're doing that. Yeah. I, I'll put that out to them. They could come back and say they do. I don't think they do, especially with the development cycle this had. But other developers, too, I think they might just throw it in there because. But if you don't have intent, then I can't say it was worth it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be super easy mode. 
I wouldn't be okay with some games being just like, there's no mode, but it has to have a fucking reason. And I just feel like a movie or a book could be set up in a certain way where I don't want to experience it. It's not for me, but it has a reason for being there. Sure. And that's where I feel like we're at. The other, the other thing to consider is that games are different. And I know people have said this many times, but movie, music, book, TV, passive those are all passive right like no matter what you do you're going to be able to get through those whether you like them or not is a different is a different factor but the fact is it doesn't matter what movie you watch all you have to do is sit still for two hours and you're going to get to the end of that movie regardless right Right, unless unless your power goes out right you're not going to get a movie where it's like you're going to get to the second scene and it's like you you gotta hit a 35 times or else you can't get to the next scene doesn't happen right it's like twitch it's like you have to parry at the end of a movie yeah like it it doesn't happen so like that's the difference, right? And I think that you need to be very aware of the differences in people's ability, the differences in people's willingness, um, and artistic intent. It doesn't have to go away. It just means you have to be a little bit flexible. So a perfect example, I've said this before. So Sekiro, it's From's most prescriptive thing. You have to parry all the time. Now, I knew that going into it, and I want to experience it because I'm a From fan, but I'm not saying you you shouldn't have to ever parry ever, but be flexible. If they had given you the ability, if there was an item, if there was a different sword, if there was a, a menu option that let you increase your parry window by like one third of a second, maybe yep. even half a second, I would have I would have beaten it the first time. So like I'm saying, you don't need to change what you're doing, but at least be aware that not everybody has the same reflexes. Not everybody's going to want to try as hard. That's not the fun for some people. So being just willing to flex a little bit is going to let so many more people in, and then you're going to get people experiencing the full breadth of what you create. Totally. And that's something that book and music and movie people don't have to worry about. So I get what you're saying totally, and I absolutely agree. But at the same time, developers have to realize just because Bob in QA can parry this boss, no problem, doesn't mean that everybody can parry this boss, and you got to be a little bit more conscientious about that. And the the proof is in the pudding because Jedi Survivor did that. Yeah, exactly. They exactly. tweaked it just enough for that parry window where guess what? I got to experience your whole game. You know, I beat your game. If it didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have beat it because I would yeah. have felt that that weight of Fallen Order all over again and been like, okay, I'm out, you know? Yeah. But now I got to experience it and I'm looking forward to the third game. And guess what? That also equals sales. Yeah. You I know? mean, is it, is it more important that people play your game and have good things to say about your game and experience your game? Or is it more important that you have people clear an arbitrary barrier that you set because it just seemed like a good idea to you? Yeah. Which is more important? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I'll tell you in the case of Dead Island too. Fuck that shit. Uh, it, it has <laughs> such really good. It has really good moments, and you're like, why can't this be the whole game? In in my opinion. Uh, but man, I really enjoyed the ending. I love when they put in two different times in that game. They put in a song, which I love when games actually put a real song. Uh, Death from Above is in this, which I okay. love them. So, yeah, I just think that it made it really exciting for another game. And it kind of left it, you know, with that kind of thing where you can keep playing if you want. But I was just so over its mechanics that I didn't want to. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I'm still glad I did it. But I am very frustrated. And it is a kind of a a picturesque moment of what I think happens wrong sometimes in games. This seems like more of a learning experience rather than a fun gameplay. Yes. Yeah. 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 But like Sekiro... Had to do it. Had to do it. Oh, man, I feel you. I feel you hard. I wish I could quit this bitch, but I can't. So. Yeah. All right, folks, that is the main content of the show. We're going to wrap up in a second here. Uh, just a couple things quickly before we go. Carlos, before we go. Two hours and 43 minutes. Holy shit. Um, yeah, just Evil Dead Rise. I've been playing a lot of zombie games, so I went to finally watch that. It's on VOD. 
Uh, you can go to Amazon and rent it or stream it or whatever. Uh, it's very fucking good. It's very fucking good. Did you like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2? I love Evil Dead. I am I am in on all the Evil Dead. So what this is, okay, there's one pro and one con I'll just give you without spoiling anything. Okay. The pro is it's got vibes at times and callbacks to the originals. You know, cool. it's got a little, but it's its own thing. Totally its own thing. New director, obviously, all that stuff. Um, it takes place in uh, a different setting. I'll just say I won't spoil anything. But the only con is... There's definitely like a focus on a family. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there was any real reason. Like we said, oh, perfect segue, actually, and it's, or transition. Um, I don't think there's any benefit to having a little girl in this movie. And there's a little girl in this movie. And it's pretty fucking dark at times, right? It's an Evil Dead movie. There's lots of okay. blood. Sure. So I, I, this is a was bigger it like tangent. too gory or was it too sensitive? Or It's just the whole thing. Horror movies are pretty rough, right? Like, right. There's a lot of blood. It's over-the-top blood because it's Evil Dead. It's not all the time. The whole movie isn't just blood. I thought it would be, but it's just certain scenes are insane. But, like, it's it's creepy as fuck, and I always wonder about, like, child actors being in these kind of movies. Uh, I don't. I didn't like it. I, it made me, the only thing I made me feel uncomfortable is that she's in that. You didn't like the kid, or you didn't like the movie overall? I don't like the fact... I like the movie a lot, and I like what it did. It reset the franchise, and, you know, without Ra Raimi directing it, I think they're going to make more of these. Mm -hmm. And I'm in for all of them. I really enjoy what they did. It, it's still more of a horror movie. It's like 1% comedy or 2%, so it's not really like a funny, you know, one. Uh, that's kind of what I liked about Evil Dead. I though, know, was funny. I know. And I, I was like, oh, I'm not going to watch it at all if it's just horror. But there's enough there that felt like Evil Dead that I was like, okay. I don't know. I still think it's good. But I think I really didn't like the fact that they kept the little girl in it the whole movie. And I just don't think it did, like the video game thing, I don't think it gave anything, right? Like setting in yeah. a family scenario. Kids kids in horror takes it to another level and you got to be real, real intentional and real specific when you do it because it can go wrong pretty hard. It just doesn't, again, it doesn't add anything. I just feel weird for, I feel bad for the actress and it's yeah. almost a taking me out of the movie. Um, I hated that part of it. So, that sucks. Okay. But okay. man, I really enjoy what they did, and it's it's a gory mess, and it's kind of fun, too. So. All right. There we go. Anything else? Uh, and then Working. Everybody needs to watch Working. It's on Netflix. I've been following it for a long time. It's Obama's uh, documentary series uh, okay. on people working. It follows the the kind of like hospitality class, working class, the middle class, and it goes up to the um, you know the business owner tech sector and CEO class, and it's just a very good uh, like slice of life. Uh, you, you probably don't maybe you don't have these kind of jobs, but it's good to get their perspective. I think. Okay, yeah, excellent. It's on Netflix right now. Documentary. Okay, cool. I'm Anything out of else? voice. I'm out of voice. I can't talk. You're out of voice. Okay. Um, I took your recommendation and I started watching Black Knight last week. It's the Korean kind of sort of like vaguely death stranding ish where oh, yeah. like everybody is playing a delivery man in a post-apocalyptic future um yeah it's been pretty good it's six episodes so it's a pretty quick watch we are on the sixth episode today so we're going to finish it today but yeah it's been good a little low budget for my taste i wish they had a little bit of a bigger budget but um i think the premise has been good it's definitely been entertaining some laughs some serious some cool fights um it's all about like this company who controls everything in the near future because the world has gone to shit and so they have all the resources huh little a little bit of a documentary feel there, I think. A little bit of uh, close to home, a little bit true life. So even though it is a fictional setting, 
a lot of themes here I think will <laughs> resonate with anybody who's paying attention to anything these days. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. Um, pretty light, pretty fun. Uh, I, I think it's good and I'm looking forward to finishing it. So thumbs up to Black Knight. All right. um, the only other thing I will say is that uh, the wife and I had a date night last night and we were going to watch Scream 6. That was her choice. Uh, I'm usually the one who picks the horror movies. So I was surprised when she picked Scream 6. But I'm like, yeah, man, that's cool. If you want to go for it, we're going to go for it. Um, We actually didn't even finish the movie. I will say that um, we should have read up beforehand uh, because having seen the other Scream films, I think I've seen one, two, and three. And I think I stopped at three. Not because I disliked it. I just, I don't know, life. I just got busy. I forgot about it. Like, whatever. Um, but Scream 6, I felt like really kind of hinged a lot on having already seen Scream 5. And I think 5 was, if I'm not mistaken, where they kind of like, quote unquote, kind of rebooted the franchise a little bit. So I didn't see 5. We went into 6. I should have Googled it first to see, do you need to see 5? Um, you could still, I mean, you can watch it just like we just were talking about. I could have sat there and I would have got to the end of the movie. But like there were multiple times when they said somebody, I'm like, who? And they talked oh. about this thing. I'm like, what? Like, and then I look at my wife and I'm like, huh? No. Did we, you know, like there was, I mean, did I need that information? I mean, maybe no, but I felt like I was missing a lot. Like I felt like they were making references and callbacks to stuff. And I'm like, who? And, you know, like we'd have to like pause. And, like my wife would like IMDB it. I'm like, oh, is that from Scream 3? Okay. I didn't, okay. I didn't, uh, don't remember that. And then it just, it just felt like if you're a super fan of Scream, I'm sure this was like a ton of payoff for you a lot of callbacks a lot of references a lot of nods i'm sure it's like oh everything you know about the series is is stitched up for you probably great experience but for me who hasn't i mean like i said last thing last one i saw i think was scream three and i didn't see five certainly um i just felt constantly like left out of the loop a little bit and i hate that feeling when i'm watching movie um so i got kind of pissed off about that i'm like you know i feel like we're just missing and and the big thing was we were afraid that we were going to get to the end of the movie and it was going to be the big reveal and we were going to go, huh? Yeah, right. And let's not know what happened, right? So we're going to pause and I think tonight what we're going to do is we're going to watch Scream 5. I believe that was the big starting point. So we're going to watch Scream 5 tonight and then we're going to re-watch Scream 6 and hopefully it's going to make more sense. Okay, yeah. So yeah, do not do not jump into 6 if you haven't seen 5. It's like one of those game things where you have, you have to play the first game, like I told you with Jedi. Yeah, yeah. No, you were right, too. You were right. And sometimes not a big deal. Sometimes is a big deal. In this situation, it felt like a big enough deal to me that we just stopped the movie halfway. So, yeah. All right. That's all I got. Anything else, Carlos? Uh, I'm just that I'm watching Love and Death and Fired on Mars and Barry. Uh, I'm also still watching all those. They're all good. There you go. All right. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let's wrap it up. You ready? That's holy shit. All right, uh, folks, as usual, send us your questions and comments. Hit us up, Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. Uh, on Instagram at Podcast. although I have been really bad about updating. I apologize for that. You can also reach us individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic? I don't know. Anywhere. Anywhere you want. <laughs> Anywhere you want. Excellent. I'm on all the social media channels. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 337. Thank you all again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.